Say something. All right, here we go, boy, talking that shit. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go, here we go. Words, words, words. Here we go, yep. here we go. Boy, words, words. Slamming your brain through a table of wrestling knowledge. Oh, my God. Spanish announce table. One hundred and eighty six. This is the Spanish announce table. I am <coughs> a little, a little something in my throat. I am. <coughs> I'm Captain Awesome. That's T-Mac over there dancing, though you can't see it because it's an audio journey through the week that was professional wrestling. And we got a got a big one this week. Got a special yeah. guest in the second hour-ish. You want to explain it? Yeah, I got one of my favorite people that I've ever got the chance to meet. His name is Ryan Loco. He is a freelance photographer who has done all different types of photo shoots and uh, events from UFC to world series of fighting uh, to some wrestling. I, I, he's got photos. It's RyanLoco.com. Uh, if you want to check out his artwork or his photography, he's got everything from broken Matt Hardy, Brock Lesnar, Conor McGregor, Paul Heyman, uh, and anything and everything in between. And uh, he's starting a new podcast with Jonathan Snowden called The Two-Way Dance that examines the history of the ECW uh, from a fan's perspective. And he'll get into more about that. And it's a really a great cause because um, all the money that uh, they raise for this podcast is going back to the ECW wrestlers. And again, when we get into that uh, interview in the second hour ish, he'll give you more details about what that exact exactly means and how it looks, but it's going to be really great. Uh, two really, really intelligent guys uh, that know their stuff and it's going to be exciting to listen to. So it's a, it's a great podcast. If you are a fan of ECW as I was, and uh, they should be coming out with their first episode soon. And stick around for our second hour-ish, where we're going to interview Ryan and ask him all kinds of questions about it. But before we get into that, we like to talk about the news. But before we get into that, we like to talk about your news. T-Mac, what'd you do this week? Oh, what did I do? Thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, first off, Friday night, went to the music hall, and I saw Phantom of the Opera. Mm, me so and culture. Me and my, yeah, me and my girlfriend, uh, we saw it. And uh, I had seen it as a kid, but I don't remember the story or yeah. I had not remembered the story. Let's see it again. Uh, yeah. And God, I'm a such a dork. for this one that's here now in Kansas City. I've been here a lot. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. The, the set design, the seamless uh, transition of sets, the music, the singing, just top notch. But I see everything as pro wrestling, right? And so there was a couple moments where I looked over to Emily. I was like, he turned heel? She turned heel? Wait a minute. Was that a fight scene? Really? That's pro yeah. wrestling to me. And she's like, like, would you oh. stop it? And yeah, I'm like, so the hey. the serve is. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Well, it, I, mean, I mean, if you have fire, you got a promo, and you got some punching, that's pro wrestling. That's pro wrestling. 
It's theater. And they got it all. Yeah. They got I'm a gunshot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a that's a Brian Pillman thing. Stone Cold Steve Austin. But it was great. So I uh, did that on Friday night. Went up to Omaha, Nebraska this weekend uh, to visit her brother and his family. And we watched UFC 208, which was quite possibly the most disappointing UFC I've ever seen. And then Valentine's Day. Uh, Valentine's mm-hmm. Day was fun. Uh, got my girlfriend some good chocolate, a nice book. And uh, she got me some Reese's peanut butter cups because, you know, that's the way to my heart. She like uh, some pineapple cookie juice. cutter and make them into hearts. No, she didn't. <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted that. But uh, she got me some pineapple juice and then she got me a book that I've been wanting to uh, purchase. And so she did that for me. Nice. And so I'm excited to start that book uh, shortly once I finish up uh, the book I'm on. Fifty what about you? What would you do? Was it Fifty Shades of Grey? Is that the book? That I'm reading? Uh-huh. No. No. Okay. No. Okay. No. I actually went and saw that movie. I saw the Fifty Shades Darker with my wife. Uh, How was it? It was good. Not bad. You know, uh, she's read all the series, and I, she, you know, she tried to convince me to read it, and I thought even, like, reading it early, I was like, this is kind of, it's really easily written, you know? I'm just kind of like, eh. And so the movie was kind of the same. There's no real, like... You're never, there's not a whole lot of suspense. You're never thinking like, what's going on here? It's always this and then this and then this and then, you know what I mean? It's just very, very easy, you know, which I guess maybe it's supposed to be, you know, it's a pleasure read and and watch as it were. Um, Well, I remember hearing that she wrote most of the book on her phone. (laughs) So, you know, that might be a... Uh-huh. You know, uh, it's yeah. hard. It's hard to really get mm-hmm. uh, deep thoughts and you know constructive uh, storyline with layered plots when right. you're writing it on a cell yeah. phone. I don't know. Maybe that's me. Yeah, maybe, yeah. So we did that. Uh, then Saturday we did our um, Valentine's uh, date night because my wife uh, is attending classes again and will, is gone on Tuesday night. Um, so uh, we went into the Kansas City Performing Arts Center and saw Shen Yun, which is a uh, Chinese, like traditional Chinese dance, I want to say ballet almost. Uh, really good. Um, it, it was definitely interesting. Uh, and I saw a guy there that I didn't know if he was part of the Chinese mafia or he should sign up for NWL because he looked very intimidating and looked like he could kill me with his pinky fingers. Um, and he said, yes. You said, are you a part of the show or are you going to kill me? And he said, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was just kind of out. Uh, you ever been to the Performing Arts Center here? In yes. Uh, so, you know, when you're standing out there kind of in between like an intermission and stuff and getting drinks and stuff, uh, he was there. And uh, I, I was we were walking through the, the gimmick table, uh, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was kind of like looking down when my wife was looking at something. And I just see this massive foot, like huge foot on the ground. And I kind of look up to see what's connected to this massive foot. And this guy is towering above me. And he's got like a goatee that's braided and a gigantic scar all the way down the side of his face. And uh, I was just like, oh. Wait a minute. Uh, he was towering above you? You're right. Yeah. You're so a big like, guy. Right. So I was like, oh. I was like, I don't know if this guy is like secret security for this group here or what. And he definitely doesn't look like he says any words ever. Um, mm-hmm. does, you know, Did you fist, pee yourself a little bit? Fist do his talking. Uh, no, I just got away. Uh, you know, Good. <laughs> put some distance. Uh, yeah. Distance. Um, so no, uh, but before that, we also went to Chazelle, which is a converted old theater uh, down in the Crossroad District. Uh, is now a creperie, uh, which mm. is really good. Some good crepes. Um, and so so much so that we went back there the next morning with the kids and, and got some more crepes. 
Uh, and well, then, of course, we went, to, we went to the Tan and Wine Bar uh, after the show, uh, which is a restaurant owned by Major Basin, who we've interviewed, uh, also owns the uh, National Wrestling League, um, for some uh, for some fancy food uh, mm-hmm. and some wine that they do there. Uh, so, all in all, we had a good weekend there. And then, uh, you know, back to work Monday morning, man, just plugging away. Although, we had a, a, a pool guy come today to discuss possibly putting a pool in at the house. Well, look at you so on your estate. Yes, yeah, yeah. So we're looking. You got to that. all that money. Yeah, we're, we're. It's you know we're 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 taking bids to see if we want to do it, which you know. Oh, oh, wow! Right. First right. world problems. Yes. Uh, come, come here, come here. <laughs> Bid on this. Do Could you, you please what, what propose is your price? a price for this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is your uh, price? Uh, no, not, not sufficient. Goodbye. Um. But no, so uh, yeah, we're hoping to maybe, hopefully, have that installed by the summer. Should we uh, find the price agreeable? Well, fantastic! That is good yeah. to hear. Yeah, you may be invited. Hope so. Maybe. Hope so. If I have to. Uh, beyond that, not much else, man. You ready to get into the news of the week of pro wrestling? Yeah, let's do it. Do it. You want to go first? Yes. All right. Andre the Giant is – I don't have a headline because I don't yeah. like him. You, you do better at that than I do. <laughs> okay. Andre the Giant will have a documentary made about his life. Uh, it was announced on Monday uh, from HBO has uh, that they have commissioned a film on the legendary pro wrestler, which will be co-produced by HBO Sports, which doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. We'll keep moving. Mm-hmm. WWE and the Bill Simmons Media Group. It's a partnership between HBO and WWE on the project, and the doc also represents the first HBO project for Simmons – uh, since his show got canceled any given Wednesday. Yep. Um, so Bill Simmons knows his stuff. He's a basketball encyclopedia, but he is a big pro wrestling fan. Uh, on his uh, website, theringer.com, he has a Channel 33 where David Shoemaker, another really good pro wrestling mind, uh, hosts a pro wrestling podcast. And Bill Simmons has been on Monday Night Raw a few different times, so he respects what's going on. And then obviously to take on such a uh, gigantic, pun intended, uh, task as doing Andre the Giant's life in a documentary should be interesting. The only thing that I – the only thing that I'm nervous about is everyone loves Andre the Giant, right? Yeah. uh He's beloved. Yep. HBO is going to do it because HBO wants a WWE audience to tune in. WWE is going to do it in the way that they want to because they have a statue of them and they're going to show this was the the first major attraction for the WWF, right? Mm -hmm. What I hope, though, is they examine some of the real aspects of his career, right? Yeah. Because unfortunately, he's not alive anymore, but Big John Studd quit the WWF because he couldn't take it because Andre the Giant was legitimately beating his ass night in, night out, Mm -hmm. and couldn't do anything about it because Andre was protected, and so he just quit. You know what I mean? Yeah, and by all accounts, wasn't always the greatest person to people, uh, you know, kind of a tortured soul almost. Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, when you're damn near eight foot tall and as big as he was, especially at that mm -hmm. time when no one had really seen him before that Mm -hmm. or a person like that, I imagine, you know, there's a lot of well, and lonely nights and yeah, drinking and, well, you know. And, and I'm sure you're aware that you're essentially a, a carnival sideshow. 
Mm-hmm. Though, I mean, yes, you're a major attraction, but you're still, you're, you know, you're not far removed from the freak show. And they're trying True. to get out there because you're gigantic, you know? And so you've got to just be this gigantic thing forever. Now, I, I'm interested because I, you know, I never, growing up our age, uh, you know, I'm a slightly older than you are, uh, slightly. Uh, mm-hmm. And, we, you know, we were big Hulk Hogan fans. Uh, I never really got to see the pre-Hogan heel turn, Andre. You know, the the big fun love and everybody liked it. You know, I, I knew the evil Andre with the Bobby Heenan and, and that kind of stuff. But I still was a huge, you know, Andre the Giant fan. But I'm interested mm-hmm. to see kind of more of the stuff that I don't know. Yeah, I want to see, you know, he he had a great career in Japan uh, when he wrestled Giant Baba and people like that. Uh, but I want them to do it in a fair way because now enough time has passed that you're not really stepping on toes. Yes, right. you know, he, he did have a family and things like that. So let's not just completely make this a smear campaign. But the the the, the story about him is always this. You know, some nights he was difficult to deal with, but we loved him. Well, okay, cool. You keep saying that, but tell us what the examples are of the bad and the good. Right. You know, tell me about <laughs> how – he decided to put Hogan over because he knew it was best for business. But then also tell me about how he ran off Big John Stud. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. let's do it. If you're going to do a documentary from HBO, who in the past has had their issues with WWE. Mm-hmm. Remember the Bob Costas oh, interview? Yeah. Yep. Let, let's do it. And I hope Bill Simmons, who likes to stir the pot, will at least touch on, hey, man, we all loved him, well, but sometimes he was a dick. And HBO does, uh, I mean, HBO is HBO, but they also, in those kind of sports documentaries, too, I mean, they they bring a professional journalism. They don't just, they're not a PR campaign. Yeah, uh, so I'm know. hoping that that's right. the case with Bill Simmons. Uh, I know he does have a relationship with WWE. I just don't want it to be, and one night he drank 11 bottles of vodka. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I could have guessed that, yeah. Yeah, but like I want to hear about him, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. There's no release date for the film at this time, mm-hmm. so more details will come. But it has been announced that uh, HBO, WWE, and Bill Simmons Media will be doing a documentary about Andre the Giant. Now who's going to say all the same lame jokes over and over again? Stephanie McMahon. WWE canceled Legends with JBL, according to JBL himself this week when responding to a fan on Twitter. JBL said there is an episode with Jimmy Hart that has been recorded but yet to air, but mentioned that it looks like there won't be any more after that. I'm actually kind of a little uh, sad about that one. I like that show. I did, too. I I think he definitely had an agenda and was trying to put people in a corner to get the answer he wanted. Mm -hmm. But he did kind of not go after people, but asked the difficult questions, right? When he had Sting, hey, you still want that Undertaker match, right? You know, those kind of, well, hey, you know, Booker T, what were your thoughts about Hogan's comments? Yeah. Oh, hey, that's, a, you know. Which is nice, but he is, a, he, and there's a way to do that. I think that he doesn't, you know, isn't the most subtle about, because there's a way to ha- ask hard-hitting questions when you're in that journalistic setting. Uh, but he's more of just an intimidating presence, period. Like, he's one of those guys that takes charge of the conversation in the room, no matter what room, no matter what conversation. So it's kind of hard that he's the one asking the questions because you're kind of supposed to be forgotten about. But he would kind of insert himself, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
it was always fun to get those fun interviews. For example, I think his last episode was Stan Hansen. That's the uh, one that I watched at least. I mean, when are you ever going to get an in-depth interview with Stan Hansen? Yeah, exactly right. Yep. So uh, I wish that that aspect of it I imagine uh, we'll see was still some going. Of these, but I doubt there's like a plan to have them regular. Right. That makes sense. You know, speaking of that, you know what we haven't seen in a long ass time. At Stone least cold. it feels that way to me. Stone Cold. Uh huh. I heard they're still pissed at him about the Dean Ambrose stuff. I think they are, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. All right, you ready? Yep. Now someone in the WWE Hall of Fame can make all the tag team matches. He's in the Holla, 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 Holla of Fame. (laughs) Yeah, see, I was thinking about going that Uh way, too. Yeah. So it's been announced that Theodore Teddy Long uh, will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. So uh, congratulations to him. Yeah, it is a great choice. Here's a fun little uh, nugget of information that I did not know. Uh, He is the longest reigning non-McMahon authority figure in WWE history. That makes sense, yeah, because he was there for a while. Yeah, and he was actually the general manager of Raw before he became general manager mm-hmm. of SmackDown yeah. with his with his Mark Henry suits that he would put he on. He has been around. <laughs> great colleague suits out there. Uh, <laughs> he uh, has been around uh, just the wrestling industry in so many roles forever. Well, actually, my first memory of him isn't the SmackDown general manager. It was because I was such a 1990s tag team WCW mm-hmm. mark yeah. was him managing Doom. Doom. I remember him as a referee. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't. I mean, yeah, I can remember like, oh, that was a ref. But uh-huh. I didn't know, obviously. But I'm saying, man, when Doom and the Steiner brothers, which everyone who's listened to this podcast long enough will know that's my favorite tag team of all time. Mm-hmm. But when Doom and the Steiner brothers wrestled, holy shit, those were four jack to the gills, bad motherfuckers that mm-hmm. were going to street fight and make it look like a pro wrestling match. And Teddy Long was out there just just stirring that shit. Yeah. Oh, he yep. was great. Yeah, he um, was great. Yeah. And so that's where I remember him from was actually uh, the manager of Doom. Yeah, I remember that and too. Then, yeah, and then transitioning – uh, he was a manager of a couple guys and females in WWE before the general manager. I think I remember him. He was a manager for uh, Jazz. I'm trying to remember that. Yeah, was it Jazz? Yeah, because yeah, they didn't bring him over just to be an authority figure. He came over as a, as a. And he did one thing where it was like a Black Power thing, where he like him and a guy with the last name Mac. Oh, I can't remember his first name. But he was a light-skinned black guy that was just ripped like Ron Simmons. And I remember Teddy Long was like, we're only beating up the white boys. And I was like, Mm. god damn, what are we talking about now? Yeah, that didn't last long. Um, Of course not. But I remember that. I remember him being the manager for Jazz. And then obviously when he would wear his oversized suits and being the general manager of SmackDown – and just it's a tag team match. God, that tag was great. Team. Forever, that's how we're gonna say tag team match. Yeah, that's so, how you have to say it now. Yeah, He's it branded is. that. Yeah. Hopefully, a tag own. team inducts him into the Hall of Fame. I think that would be funny. He's like, and thank you to that tag team. Yeah, I wonder who you think it's gonna be. Like a Ron Simmons, probably that does it. Or I would think it's Ron Simmons. I think Butch Reed is kind of blackballed, and I don't yeah. think he's really welcomed. But yeah, I could see a Ron uh, Simmons or Mark be? Henry. Mark Henry, yeah. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I think he was a manager of. Mm-hmm. Brock Smash No More. 
What about old Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar retired from MMA action this week, according to a UFC spokesperson who says the company was notified by Lesnar himself. And MMAfighting.com uh, also reports that Lesnar has removed himself from the U.S. anti-doping agency pool and is no longer on the UFC roster. Brock Lesnar, however, has made no official statement to the media regarding any retirement. Well, yeah, because this is what it, this is all about. Hey, mm. USADA, don't come knocking on my door right now. I got to get juiced for uh, WrestleMania. I got a huge match with Goldberg, so I don't need you testing me right now. So go piss off. And then after I'm done with WrestleMania, hey, I think I'll put myself back into the six-month uh, fun testing cycle. And then mm. I'm back in time to fucking beat up another heavyweight in the top ten, which is totally mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a way to it's like he's not retired. Yeah. It's just a way to get the USADA people away from him so he can go back on the WWE diet and look amazing uh for WrestleMania. Yep. Come on. That's how you play the game. It's all about the game. It's all about the game it. and how you play it. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Let's take a break and do some tweet the table, yeah? yeah. Yes, that's gonna be fun. I, I think it is gonna be fun. We had a lot uh this week to talk about. So, stick with us. Also stick through because uh, after Tweet the Table, we've got an amazing interview with Ryan Loco of the Two-Way Dance Podcast. If you don't know what that is, another reason why you got to stick around and find out. All that and more when we come back to the Spanish Announce Table, which is on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. And? Faking a smile can actually improve your mood and make you happy. TrainingTopicsNetwork.com You think you know me. On this day, on this day, we're going to read you uh, some of your tweets. Only if you tweet at the table, that is. T-Mac, what is Tweet the Table? Tweet the Table is a fun and interactive game where you can tell us what to talk about in the world of pro wrestling. It could either be past present or in the future and all you have to do is use the hashtag the tweet the table and again you can share any wrestling thought any wrestling thought yes that's what we said wwf wwe wcw ecw new japan pro wrestling uh nwl whatever you're watching we will read it at least once on the show if not twice because if we like it a lot we might say it again and at least one of your tweets will be shared on this fine podcast and what you do is you send it and then captain puts it together and then we do the segment called tweet the table yep we do that and i'm gonna i was gonna try to read them off my phone here because i didn't print them this time, but it's a little too small on my phone, so I'm going to stall a little bit while I talk here to you as I pull it up on my computer screen because I can do that. I'm a radio professional, right? Yeah, yeah. we can stall right here since we we're having a little bit of an issue. We can do that, um, no problem. Make sure you stick around for our great interview in the next segment. But Tweet the Table is this segment, and it goes a little something like this. At Grapple underscore this says in Wrestling Irony News, MVP retweets a known racist and former KKK member, David Duke, hitting the pipe early today. Hashtag tweet the table. Uh, I tried to go back and find what he retweeted of David Duke. I didn't see any of this. Did you? I did, but now I don't remember. I, I think what I saw was something about Jeff uh, Sessions, the attorney general, oh, yeah. and actually how uh, he, I think, supports 
Jeff Sessions MVP? Which is weird, but yeah, I remember. Which is weird being like a that. black guy who's you know been in prison. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, man, yep. man. Whatever. Hey, but whatever, man. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, right? Exactly. Yeah, I hear that a lot. At Gentle Beast zero six says hashtag tweet the table. Kevin Owens is going to get CM Punk tonight. What the fuck? Get CM Punk. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but. I like that Gentle Beast is tweeting us again. Yes, of course. That always makes him happy. Lady Undertaker says, uh, so glad Finaki is back on WWE on pay-per-view commentary. Indeed. Hashtag tweet the table. Smackdown number one. uh, What what, what do you say? Smackdown number one commentator. Yeah. Indeed. Four people chime in on this one. At Lady Undertaker again says, so happy Naomi is Smackdown women's champion deserves it i feel the glow hashtag tweet the table at living legend 148 says renee young thinks naomi's entrance at mania will be amazing well unless she's late in the card it will be daylight hashtag tweet the table at katie first lady says wow huge congrats to naomi didn't expect it but very happy for her hashtag tweet the table and at b underscore double underscore says naomi wins the belt in february February. Think about it. Just saying. Hashtag tweet the table. Ooh. I don't get it. February. You know what month February is? The month of Valentine's? Mm, there's another uh, uh, denoted month that February is. Black History Month? Yeah. Okay. So I think he's claiming that uh, the only reason she got it, or that maybe the only reason WWE would have thought would be more apt of what he's trying to say there. I think he's saying a, a right. Oh. Right. Racism. Right, because WWE's racist. Which, I mean, they've got, they don't have a great track record in that regard. Uh, racist. Uh, but yes, her uh, she's not likely to be late in the card at WrestleMania, so that entrance kind of falls flat were she to make it, uh, but she is injured, so... Yeah, but Sting's was the same way. God, that was one of the most disappointing intra- entrances so, ever. You know, you know how they fix Naomi's, though, is you roll out a crap ton of smoke, you do a bunch of laser lights, you get a bunch of other dancers, and that saves hers, right? Yeah, because this is outdoor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're going to have to, like, seriously smoke it out, get some laser lights, get a bunch of dancers wearing a bunch of, you know what I mean, glowing stuff. That's how you solve that one. What is she? I still don't know what she is. Nothing. Well, what's her character? Nothing. That was my point. We talked about this last week. Uh, You know, I was like, she's just Naomi and she dances. There's no character. There's no storyline. There's nothing. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but. But congratulations to her, obviously. I think she's one of the better athletes on the card. I think think she could be the best athlete in WWE. Right. Like Ben. Yeah. Man or with that, I agree with that. So maybe that's what they should do. I get well, they do the genetically superior thing with With Charlotte, Charlotte, but like they should really do the ah, no, it's actually me. Well, but yeah, so she could run that on SmackDown, and then someday there's a draft, and or there's a uh bragging rights pay per view, a survivor series, right? Because she could say, Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you were, you know, you, I don't know, yeah, you could just, you know, you just play that card of. 
I am better than you are. You say you're this genetically gifted, blah, 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 but look at me. I'll, I'll outrun you. I'll, they can even do that. She could start, like Naomi could start demanding, you know, a sprint test. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a, a, just High jump. a little athletic. Ch- yeah, exactly. And she'd defeat her every time. That would be, because, you know, of all the, the women characters, as we look back, they all are uh, congratulated on their athleticism, right? Oh, my God, look at this backflip from Charlotte. Oh, my God. But none of them have really been gimmicked that way, where it's like, you know why this is the best one? Because literally she can do it all. Yeah, and have her actually do the competitions against men and have them mm-hmm. beat yeah, men. almost a Mr. Perfect style, you know? Like right. Just, right. Yeah, the female Mr. Perfect. Right. Yeah, Mrs. Now, Perfect. It, now, her her wrestling isn't that great. Yeah, no. Yeah. But, but you can work on that. You know what I mean? Right. Spend a year really hitting that hard and then come out and do it. At The Ultimate One says, It would be dope if James Ellsworth came out trying to punk Sam Roberts saying, You hitting with my girl? Hashtag tweet the table. That would have been fun. He came out talking smack on Sam Roberts, who, you know. He's Sam Roberts, don't get me wrong. He's well accredited in, in what he does, but I think we're still better than Sam Roberts. That should be our position. I don't know. He's pretty good. That should be our position, though. We should be up on that uh, on that pre-show panel. Oh, man, I would cuss so much. <laughs> right. yeah. Like, what do you think about Natty and uh, Nikki? I'd go, this Fuck fucking that. sucks. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, they may need to have a little uh, uh, eight-second delay. Three people chime in on this one. At Mr. Fourth Row says, Ziggler just the natural Sin Cara into the LED entrance screen. Awesome. Hashtag tweet the table. At WIR Cata says, there's a lot of things holding Apollo Crews back. Dolph Ziggler is not one of those things. Hashtag tweet the table. And at the Iceman Forever says, Ziggler must have taken a page out of Captain Awesome's book when he broke the LED screen while attacking Kalisto. Hashtag tweet the table. Hashtag busted boons. Thanks, Iceman. Never forget. Hashtag never, never forget. forget. <laughs> I, I, I just, I should just buy a bottle of boons just to break it. <laughs> so yep, every time. Just, every yeah, time. Every time. <laughs> um, again, weird booking. We discussed this last time with Ziggler in a two on. You don't put the heel in a two on one. It doesn't help anybody. Well, that type of heel. You right. know what I mean? The Braun yeah. Strowman you do because sure. then you're right, building up the monster. But yeah, this type of heel, no, but it makes no you, sense at all. You still do it with jobbers. I mean, like you don't and you don't give them the win. Like it's just a really odd like because yeah, of course, of course he's gonna lose. And Wait. they were cheering him at the end. Yeah, yeah, because, because nobody likes I, those I other was... two people. Nobody likes Kalisto and, and Apollo Cruz. Nobody likes those guys. No, nobody like really likes those guys. Little kids like those guys. But that's just because they're told to. Right. Yeah, because that's who they prayed out there in bright colors and smile. Yep. At Katie first. Lady. So we have Nikki accidentally spilling powder on Maurice and Cena eliminating The Miz. Yeah, this mixed tag is happening. Hashtag tweet the table. That's exactly what I thought, too. Mm-hmm. Which great. good. That's a great I mean, spot. Yeah. Like I said, the Today Show, all the morning talk shows, Cena and Nikki, the real-life couple that wrestles together. I mean, mm-hmm. that's going to yep. sell yeah. all of that. Yeah, it'll be a good mania moment, I guess. Uh, four people chime in on this one. At Lady Undertaker says, I still think Brizongo look like the village people rejects. Hashtag tweet the table. At Hobayam says, I don't know, but the Usos are kind of looking like crime time. Hashtag tweet the table. At B underscore double underscore D. 
says, damn, damn. Got a little hype for a second thinking the Ascension were going to get the belts. Hashtag tweet the table. And at Hallmark of Swede says, hashtag tweet the table. Am I finding myself enjoying the Ascension? Yes. Yes, I am. So I, I kind of thought the same thing, too. I was like, huh. I was like, okay, they're going to give the Ascension the belts here. And good at this point. Like, it's not like uh, American Alpha is really doing anything big with them. And the Ascension could certainly use that rub. And you know what I mean? New tag team, right? And then just, no. And another set of weird booking, as we were kind of talking about with the Ziggler thing. You don't do a tag team turmoil and put the champs in, what, second to last? This is really weird. Yeah, this is some uh, some missteps, I think, by SmackDown. This is how I would have done it. Because the SmackDown tag team division is in vital help. Mm. Vital need of some help, right? right? Yes. This is how you book it. You want to hear it? T-Mac story time. T-Mac booking. Ooh, I like this. You do this. You put American Alpha number one because they said they can beat the entire tag exactly. team division. Exactly, right. You put... The Usos in as the second team. You have the Usos do exactly what they did, right? They mm-hmm. lose and then they jump them. Yeah. And destroy and then they're, them. I mean, destroy them. Yeah, yeah. Chair shots, all the fun stuff, right? Yep. Then you have American Alpha beat uh, Brizongo, mm-hmm. Vaude Villains, yep. and then Ascension. Each time they're getting less and less healthy yes after they beat the ascension they raise their hands they think that the match is over the ref is not raising their hands to signify this is the end the bell rings as if it does at the end of each match but the ref does not say this is it Uh and then i don't know their fucking music but then the revival come out nice and then the revival walk out and beat their fucking ass. Just beat them up because that's what they and, do too, right? They just right. beat people up, right? And then they are no your flips. new tag team. Cha- yeah, then they are your new tag team champions. You still have American Alpha looking strong because they mm-hmm. beat literally everyone, thinking that they were done, and then had one more that they were surprised by. You have the Usos still as I love the fucking Usos. Can I tell you that? Oh man, how great were they on uh, uh, SmackDown? Even with that, they're uh, just amazing. Uh, just the oh yeah, a lot of celebrating going on. Huh? Was you celebrating when we beat you? <laughs> yeah, oh man. But there should have been great. there should have been some type of payoff. We should have found out that like American Alphas, like they were in one of their fucking hometowns, and uh, the Usos had yeah, one of their ended wrestling flat. coaches. Yep, it yeah, ended, it ended flat. flat. Yes, but, but the, the Usos are pulling it off great. Yeah, the well, aesthetics of what you just saw with that yes. backlight just well, and, shining through, and they're just believable too. Like they're pulling it off and well. Why? Yeah. Why isn't the Miz hiring the Usos to take out Dean Ambrose? Or what? They should just be Hitman. Mm-hmm. Or even just, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, Hitman. Yeah. I should say, but you know what I yeah, mean. But like, they've got to get the belts back here, don't they? The Usos is the heels here. Yes. Yes. But until that time, they need to be the hired gun. You got like a problem? That. Let me know. The Usos. Yep. Ellsworth. We solve problems, this. baby. We're the Usos. Think of this. Think of this. Think of this. Think of this. Oh, this is perfect. Think of this. Think of this. This is perfect. Think of this. You have you have Ellsworth and Carmella. Uh-huh. And they're still doing their thing, right? 
Ellsworth, week in and week out, is pushing Carmella. Hey, I'd love to take you on a date. Mm -hmm. Carmella, let's keep it professional. Mm -hmm. Finally, Ellsworth is like, man, I, you know, I really like this girl. I don't know what's going on. Backstage segment, Carmella's talking to Apollo Crews. Ellsworth gets fucking furious. Furious. Ellsworth like, walks no, up to Apollo Crews. She agrees to go Cruz. on a date with Cruz, even. Like, it's right, got to be yeah. like, where he's like, what? Yeah. Like, what? And so, yeah, they take off. Because Ellsworth is like, hey, uh, I got your favorite movie and we got some chocolate. We can go back to the room and we can just hang out and watch it. And she goes, actually, that sounds great. But me and Apollo are going to grab dinner. So you don't say it's a date. You just, yeah. we're going to go grab dinner, right? Yeah, right. Then the next week after that date, Ellsworth walks up to Cruz and is like, what are you trying to do to my girl? He's like, my girl? man, he goes, hey, she didn't say she was with anyone. And all we did was have dinner. And Ellsworth was like, OK, cool. And then he leaves. Mm -hmm. And then Cruz looks at like, you know, as Ellsworth walks off screen and he kind of looks at him and we think the segment's done. And then boom, the Usos, Usos beat the holy fuck out of Cruz. Yeah. And Ellsworth goes. Yeah, and he walks back in sc on screen and he hands him money. And now you have the Usos as fucking hired gun, Ellsworth as his jealous, like, stalker boyfriend, Carmela scared for her life, and Apollo Crews in a bloody mess. We all win. Yeah, we all win. <laughs> all right, this might be the hottest topic ever on Tweet the Table because nine people chimed in on this one. You ready all for right, this? let's hear it. Yeah. At Mr. Fourth Row says... It's kind of two topics, but I'm rolling it all into one. At Mr. Fourth Row says, what a bunch of squares for WWE for changing the Elimination Chamber, which I liked it. At Katie First Lady says, I really like the new chamber. Seems like you can do a lot more damage. Hashtag tweet the table, which I think is actually the inverse. At Hobayam says, now we know who's the best one in NXT season one. Hashtag tweet the table. Good callback. At mm -hmm. the Ultimate One says, Oh, my God, look on the Miz's face is priceless. He didn't want no parts of Baron Corbin. Hashtag tweet the table. At Lady Undertaker says, OMG, Bray Wyatt is world champ. I'm stunned. Hashtag tweet the table. At the Iceman forever says, damn, damn good chamber match. Hashtag tweet the table. At Grapple underscore this says, Bray Wyatt is a bold step forward and a boost of caffeine in the arm of SmackDown's creative team. Hashtag tweet the table. At Theo75 says, Bray Wyatt as WWE Heavyweight Champion is what's best for business. Hashtag Tweet the Table. No more boring John Cena title reigns. And at GBL316 says, Hashtag Tweet the Table. I can totally see a reunion of the original Wyatt family at WrestleMania. Will we get Sister Abigail too? Uh, the Chamber, first of all, they needed to change because if you'll remember a little while back, we were discussing how they were having to stop doing it because a lot of venues couldn't hold mm -hmm. the Chamber anymore. So they needed to lighten it up trim the profile down a little bit. And while they're doing so, you might as well make it a little more safe for the workers. So they put some padding around the edges and stuff like that. But it's still a, a cool thing. And I like the looks of it. I loved it. And it seemed like more guys were like climbing up the cage. Yes. I think they added a little more steps or mm -hmm. however, you know, 
things to brace yep. yourself and you know get your balance. And so I thought that was cool. And I thought it was a little bit taller to where people could do stuff above the pod. Mm-hmm. And exactly. like when AJ got his head thrown up against the glass and you got to see that visual, I thought that yes. was great. So yeah, aesthetically, I thought it was the best looking cage they've ever had. Yeah. I actually thought it was the best elimination chamber match God, of all it was time. Great, wasn't it? It was really yeah. good. And uh, when they, when you knew there was a new champ, right? Cena gets, and and I just knew it was Wyatt at that point, right? I was like, it has to be Wyatt. You're not gonna, it's not gonna be Orton versus AJ Styles here. They're gonna have to do some crazy booking, which I thought was outside possibility, but I knew it I was Wyatt. I would love that. I knew it was Wyatt, and uh, and I'm excited for that because you know I've been a Bray Wyatt fan since it came out, uh, and we've kind of mentioned like you're stalling this character here by doing nothing with it. So this is at least something, and I like how. We got that on SmackDown with Orton saying, uh, hey, I'm not going to face you. So now That was like, incredible, what? wasn't it? Right. I, I read that next week they're going to do a number one contenders tournament since Orton will not uh, uh, compete at WrestleMania. Uh-huh. So, hey, look, we could get a triple threat at WrestleMania with Luke Harper, Randy Orton, and Bray Wyatt. Ooh, I like that. Right? I like that. And then, hey, man, that still leaves that open possibility for what we've talked about where Luke Harper would turn I mean, Don I Bray he Wyatt. wouldn't really be turning but he would just align with Orton. with Orton and now we've got Bray Wyatt as a face could still be a champ maybe not though maybe Orton's the champ and leading Harper around so many possibilities I would love, I would love to have Wyatt as champion post Wrestlemania because he's lost every single Wrestlemania match he's been in yeah. however it makes the most logical sense that he would lose for what I want to happen where he loses. Harper says, you're not the leader. I thought you let me stray. Orton is the one I follow. Orton keeps me in line. And then you have Orton as the leader of Luke Harper and Rowan and Rowan because yes. that's the surprise there too. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then you so have the three of them. The, it's the Orton family at that point. Yes. He could call and then you Orton have family. The, and then you have that uh, family trying to get rid of the cancer of Wyatt, yes. and they're trying to exile him from the WWE. They can and call it's just, him the black sheep even. Like they could just – yeah. Yes. And uh, then you have Bray Wyatt call on all of his light tricks and bullshit uh-huh. to yep. make him so over with the lights going out and all that shit, and it would be incredible. Light incredible. tricks and bullshit. Yes like that um yeah it was just a great chamber match and, and like miz, the, the... miz didn't do anything but did everything right he was great and especially like just like like uh-uh, i ain't fucking going out there and baron Whoa. corbin looked strong as hell and now we've got this uh dean ambrose baron corbin set up like there was good writing in that in that chamber match for the yeah. other missteps earlier there was good writing in that one yeah, the first hour of uh, that pay-per-view was garbage, but the second half was amazing. Um, and that match, like when I think Dean Ambrose did like a spinning power bomb on AJ on the outside, mm-hmm. and the first thing they did is sh- uh, shoot to Miz, and Miz was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And yeah, like big-eyed and like really worried. I was like, that's exactly what you do. Yeah. Oh, God, I love yeah. the Miz. I liked it a lot. It was perfect. At Hobiam says, show me a good loser, and I'll show you a loser. JBL. Hashtag tweet the table. Uh, yeah, JBL's got some good lines. I like the one where he was like, he's like, well, it's a good thing they got eight of us announcers out here in case somebody gets hurt. Yeah, <laughs> that like was a good is. line. Yeah. And then when uh, Tom Phillips said something, he goes, aren't you supposed to be quiet during this? Right. <laughs> 
At Lady Undertaker says, don't know if Luke Harper can be a good face or not. Hashtag tweet table. Well, that's why you don't make him a face. You're just biding time till he becomes a member of the Orton family. Wasn't that cool as shit, though, when he just appeared in that match? I was like, what the fuck? You know what I kind of like? I mean, I knew he was big, but I didn't realize, like, he's, like, cut and jacked, too, if he wasn't wearing that, like, dirty freaking. Yeah, uh, if he got a haircut. Yeah, if he got a haircut, trimmed up his beard and wasn't wearing that dirty shirt with his taco meat hanging all out of it. uh, He's, like, an impressive looking guy. At Kitty First. Lady. Says, was there a WWE Chamber match that Cena didn't start? Hashtag tweet the table. I mean, I yeah, but I can't think of it. Uh, it'd be interesting to go back and find ones that he was in and see how many of them he, like, you know, started or was a prominent piece of. Obviously, he's going to be at V underscore double underscore. That, but that was perfect to have AJ and Cena have two minutes to be like, remember how everyone loves this shit? Yeah, we still love this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was perfect. Oh. At B underscore double underscore. I'd enjoy this women's match a lot more if Natalia would shut the fuck up. Hashtag tweet the table. I thought the match wasn't bad. I didn't mind the match. Uh, I've not liked the buildup to it at all, and I didn't like the blowout even. But the match wasn't terrible. I, uh, okay, sports or theater hate. This uh-huh. is theater hate. So not real. Right. Natty the person is fine, I guess. Uh-huh. I don't know her. But I fucking hate Natty. She yeah. is the god-awful worst fucking thing in WWE in easily the last 15 years. She sucks as a wrestler. She runs as bad as slow as fucking paint dries. And she can't fucking do anything good. She's so boring. She can't be a heel. She's too dumb to be a babyface. She's garbage. She is the worst wrestler on WWE's roster. Yeah, it's clear the only thing keeping her around right now is Total Divas. And even that... She's the worst. Yeah, I can't think of a great. worse. Hashtag tweet the table. A wrestler who is worse than Natty on the roster today. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Worse. Hashtag worse than Natty. Yeah. But it's got to be today. It's got to be one of the rosters, one of the main WWE rosters right now. Because the one that I think of is our truth. But guess what? Everyone yells what's up. Yeah. Um, Gold ooh, dust. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So do the 205 live guys count? Yeah. Some of them suck. Uh, oh, no, but they don't really suck in ring. They're really good in ring. Yeah. Natty is the absolute worst. I cannot stand her. She is. She represents to me. Hawkins. Oh, that's a good oh, one. It's a tough one, but he's not terrible in the ring. She's not. I honestly don't know anything, either, but like, oh, she's not like she's not terrible as far as like doing the move, how the move is supposed to be done. But she's just not like enjoyable to watch a whole lot. It's like a slow middle linebacker trying to stay up with yeah, a wide I feel receiver. Like if she went with this heel turn a little bit more and just got nasty and became a little more brawlish, like just she beats me up. But she can't. She can't. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. know how. Yeah. And when she runs off those ropes at like two miles per hour, and then she's like, ah, oh, she's just everything about yeah, her. You know what might do her garbage well fire. is like a uh, uh, release. Like a, well, like an EC3 Cody Rhodes kind of thing where you got to go. You've got to experience being hungry again. And, you know what I mean? Because she's got the tools. She's got a physical body that she should be great, right? Like she should be. She you know, should be a gotta, coach. But you've got to go. You know what I mean? You've got to go learn what makes a crowd care. You've got to go feel hungry again and not be like, 
Oh, my cat's on two paws on Instagram. Well, shit, you know, I'm, you're not an Instagram star, so I don't care, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. She, she either needs to be backstage or fired. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what I mean. Like, so fired and go. Go, if this is what you want to do, go prove it. Go pull a Cody Rhodes and go show me improvement. Uh, Just go the away. Get off my TV. Two people chime in on this one. At Hallmark of Swede says, hashtag to the table. Shit. Becky Lynch is perfect. And at the ultimate one says, I kind of like how the announcers are disregarding Mickey James's time in TNA by saying she was off. Hashtag tweet the table. Or she wrestled around the world. You're right. Yeah, that's what they all. You mean say. in Florida? Yeah, right. around the world. Uh, just Florida? Um, yeah, you know, I'm still just not. The Becky Lynch, Mickey James thing, I'm just kind of like, yeah, so, you know. Well, because they're both. Well, okay, so let me backtrack. Mickey James, at her very best, was the crazy was girl and she's yeah. the, and she's not playing that she's playing whatever is her real name mickey james i don't know let's just no, say it is it's, uh, it's she's, something else it's a she's playing herself and not a character right. when she was great she was playing a character yes right so right. what she's doing now is i like country music I'm i was here for a while right. it's like that's that's I'm bland. The you forgot who I am. Yeah, that's bland. No one cares. Boring. The only one that would do that, that would make me care, is Trish Stratus. If she came back and was like, "Bitches, I'm the queen bee," I'd be like, "Oh right. shit, that's cool." But Mickey James, you need to go back to being a what crazy. If Kelly bitch. Kelly did it. Did it. Well, no. Good. I'm glad you said that because she was hinting at at some shit that's bothering me. Well, so she was there visiting. And was kind of playing coy about, oh, you know, I thought or whatever. I can't remember what she said, but I was like, I was like, you would be exactly Mickey James. And hey, I used to love Mickey James. She used to be my favorite. Well, the Mickey James that's crazy that was kissing Ashley and like trying uh-huh. to feel up on Trish Stratus's vagine, that's the one I like. Mm-hmm. The, the country loving, I'm a veteran, I don't give a shit. And then Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch is great, but she needs a good heel. She's not yes. a good enough baby face to carry the story. Right. Exactly. I agree with that. At B underscore double underscore. Says you can tell Otunga is literally just chiming in with whatever Vince says in the, in the headphones. So annoying. <laughs> Hashtag to the table. Yeah, he's Got terrible. It. He's the natty of commentators. Yes. He's the natty of commentators. At Kenny first. Lady. Does, has there ever, or she says, has there been a talking smack after every SmackDown Live pay-per-view? If so, yes. I like it. Hashtag tweet the table. There has. Yeah, and they're great. They're great shows. At grapple underscore this says, if the festival of friendship doesn't involve a masturbating midget, then Impact Wrestling might have a chance to stay relevant. Hashtag tweet the table. I don't, I don't know how that works out. <laughs> but... I just like it. That's, That's an odd connection. Maybe maybe I just didn't. Maybe I'm not catching the joke. At B underscore double underscore. D. Did they really give Cena the belt for two weeks just so he could hit 16? Hashtag tweet yeah. the table. Yep. That's exactly what they did. That is exactly what they did. Uh, or maybe they didn't want. Yeah, but that's weird because AJ Styles still lost in the chamber. So, yeah, that's weird. I was thinking maybe they didn't want him to like lose in the chamber, but he did lose in the chamber. So, it's weird. At Theo75 says, WWE knows how to chase away viewers by putting old leather with implants on the mic to open raw. Hashtag tweet the table. Hashtag Jim Cornette face. I like that Jim Cornette face. 
That is great. We didn't need to make that a meme. The Jim Cornette face. Uh, Stephanie is. I don't She's like lost her the luster for me. Yeah, it's it's repetitive. It's boring. It's well, I don't know if it's a self conscious conscience. Am I saying the right word? Conscience. Self conscious. Conscious. That's what. Yeah. I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's she's not comfortable on the. She's obviously comfortable on the mic, but when she does this, like Roman Reigns, mm. like what is that voice? What uh, are yeah. you doing? I don't know. It's like you're trying to do a Vince voice, but you're not Vince, and you're a female. Fun fact. And so I don't get that. And well, then and just, all she does is just build thing. herself up. Yeah, it's the same thing over and over again, though, and it's just. I don't know. Vince never die or at least outlive Stephanie because or just I mean, you know, uh you know who does it well is Triple H. I mean, you know, like if you want the authority figure that can talk smack against the person in the ring with them, that's the only one that can do it well. So she's she is very bad in the how last you, year. How do you how are you spawned of Vince McMahon? Married to Triple H and not know how to do this. Well, she can do it to get herself over. Yes. On the mic. Get herself over. When it's a mano a mano and she's her own character and she doesn't have to worry about that. She's the best female on the microphone. Bar none. But when it's I have to make someone else look good. She can't do that at all. Oh. And and I just I hate that voice when she's like, "Welcome to Monday Night Raw." Yeah, she does that where she gets it down here. Yeah, and then she like she even acts into it, and she like knows it's stupid. Yeah, she she does that. She'll drop one shoulder lower than the other. She'll stick her yeah. hand out like she's shoveling something. It's yeah. so dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she'll get a wide stance because <laughs> she's wearing heels, so she doesn't tip yeah. over. Two people chime in on this one. At Chris Mercado 32 says, why the fuck is Kofi wearing a crop top? Hashtag tweet the table. And at Mr. Fourth Row says, Bo Dallas tearing up New Day's ice cream machine plans? Now I know what happened to the ice cream bars. Shame. Hashtag tweet the table. Uh, Kofi's wearing a half midriff shirt because Ezekiel Elliott. He's bringing those back. And so that's why he was doing that because is he? Ezekiel Elliott. Have you not seen Ezekiel Elliott? I've seen him, yes. Well, that's what Kofi's doing is just wearing the Ezekiel Elliott shirt. Other guys are starting to do it now, too. God. It's going to be like, well, but come on. You can't say If you had abs, you wouldn't wear that. True, I guess so. I would never wear a fucking shirt if I looked yep. like any of those guys. Talk about Randy Orton. So if you look like Randy Orton, you would wear a midriff and no pants. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Every day. <laughs> If we did this podcast, I wouldn't have a shirt on if I looked like Randy Orton. At the Iceman Forever says, Gallo's got a little carried away with the spray tan. Hashtag tweet the table. Hashtag orange brother. Uh, Yeah, he always does. It's like he swims in it before he comes out. He He takes a spray tan shower. And what the fuck is he doing with his striking where he hits him and then throws his hands to where his elbows are touching his <laughs> temples and then throws it. What What are you blocking? But and you've heard this guy because uh, Kata tried to sell us on how funny this guy is. Uh, he oh, he's hilarious. He legitimately thinks, though, that he's like uh, one of the best guys on the card and needs to get, you know what I mean? Like is saving the is saving your card when you when he gets booked. Okay. 
so he does the big man stuff pretty well. I will right, give him sure. that. He does the big man stuff pretty well. But yes, he he takes a spray tan shower like Roman Reigns wets his hair. Yeah. And those fucking dumb shit punches that he does to the opponent in the corner. You have Seth Petrozelli there that teaches striking for pro wrestling. Fucking yeah. take a class because whatever the hell you're doing, it looks so goddamn garbage still not sold and, and can we stop with the ski things like i get that like you guys think that's cool but like it's annoying now well Everything's a i ski. will give him this I, as far as i know that's an original thing that the bullet club did sure but and so look over. hey look it's not over but it's not stealing it's not the nwo sign it's not a dx Ugh. crotch chop so credit because like i said i will not hate on you necessarily if you're trying something new, See, where look, I hate it, you is why, if you just do old stuff. Here's what points out that why these guys are nerds trying to act cool, right? Because how that's cool by you saying ski at the end of a bunch of things is you do it when you're cool and relaxed and it's an afterthought, right? Like, uh, man, I gotta go take a fucking league ski, right? Like, but they hit it hard. They go, oh, we just got back from the back ski. You lost it because that's not what the fucking point is. Like, God damn it. How do you yeah. not understand this? You're nerds. I do like that they call people nerds. Cool. Do I? I do like that. I, I like do that they like call, that people, they call nerds. people nerds. Right. Yeah. But again, like, it's kind of a pot calling the kettle black in this situation, so I can't get into yeah. it. But yeah. just like, just that simple thing right there. You don't hit the ski hard, it's a trailing thing that's funny. You morons. All right. Add the 075. Gonzo H does not need to nose his way into Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho's spotlight. They can get over without you, big nose. Hashtag tweet the table. Is he maybe starting up a, uh, is, uh, why did he bring Owens back to talk to him before the whole thing? And we'll get into that later, obviously, with Owens and Jericho. But is there going to be a, uh, is there going to be like a stable going on here? Well, I think that's going to be the, the, thing that broke the straw uh, the the straw that b broke the camel's uh -huh. back as they say where i think kevin owens is gonna say and triple h took me to the back and reminded me why i'm the champion why he chose me and it's people like jericho who holds me down mm. and then doom i just wonder if we're gonna see like a uh if um we're gonna get that match right and we'll, again we'll talk jericho and owens we're gonna get a jericho versus owens but what's gonna cement the win for Owens is going to be Samoa Joe coming out to help beat up Jericho. And we've got like this, you know, Triple or we H have Triple group. H. Yeah. Triple H. What Who about this? Put? Let's say if Triple H is going to have a stable of guys, right? The Triple H guys, we're going to have Owens, Samoa Joe. Who else? We got, let's get two more. Who would you do? You got to pull somebody else up from NXT or do you, you bring up like a Bobby Roode maybe? No. Ooh. Because then that he's not be cool. in the top. He's like a, you know what I mean? He's a mid-tier. I would have Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe. You could pull well, taxi. Then, you could do Revival. That's what I'm saying. Then maybe the Revival. Yeah. Or the Authors of Pain. The Authors of Pain would be a good one. You could have Paul running around with them. Yeah. That's a good one. All right, let's move on. At B underscore double underscore. D. says, in NXT... Bailey seemed dorky but cool. On Raw, she seems just dorky. Hashtag tweet the table. And I agree 100% with that assessment. 
Yep, so do I. And so you know how much I love Bailey. Was it the crowd that just wanted to embrace it? What was the difference? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's the not crowd doing anything does. different, is she? What? She's not really doing anything different, is she? She's not being the character. She's being herself. Mm. Yeah, Remember she's when, not when I told you enough. this? She's not running around being starry-eyed. Now she's yeah. determined, which isn't her character. Well, the determined doesn't bother me. It's She acts like... Yeah, I'm supposed to be here. No, you're supposed to be the, oh my gosh, you're supposed to be Taylor Swift after every time she wins an award. Right. That's how you're supposed to be 24-7. That's what we. That's what made your, us love you in your NXT. Your analogies tonight are spot on, man. I'm loving yeah. all of these. <laughs> like, you, don't, you don't act like a veteran because. Yeah, exactly. That's not, I mean, you are. You're, you're starstruck. A lot of the times when you're Bailey. Every time. Right. Yeah. Anytime Stephanie walks into the room, it's you should Stephanie just be like, McMahon. giddy. Oh my be God, like, it's Stephanie McMahon. Right. Yeah, you should be like, I have the women's title. Remember when like you had the women's title and you were married to Triple well, H? I mean, you're still married right. to Triple H? And then like yes. he was a champion? Like, and there's that's just your fucking character the like, entire time. Like, can I hug you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's got it. Like, yes, yes. yes. You're right. Be lovable. I like that. At the Iceman Forever says, oh, damn. There's a Bo Dallas sighting. Hashtag tweet the table. Hashtag Bo leave. Yeah, I still love him. Uh, yeah. I just, what do you do? I still well, love him. Okay. I'm going to task you right now. I'm Triple H. I'm coming down. I'm saying T-Mac. Got Raw tonight. I need, I need a new star and I want it to be Bo Dallas. Give me the storyline. I'd say sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> I, well, you know what I, I mean? don't like, know. Like say, hey, let's get Bo Dallas into a regular reoccurring spot. That's going to get him over ish. I, I don't know if you can yeah. anymore. I think it's all yeah. been done. Yeah. The only thing I could think of is what they did with Titus O'Neil, but say, hey, power of positivity and New Day, you need to Bo leave and then just say, like, that's what you need. That's what is missing. That's why you're not champs anymore. It's because you don't Bo leave. You cut them loose company-wide or back down NXT or what do you do? Oh, yeah, I cut them loose. Company-wide, huh? Yeah, there's nothing left to do. At Katie First. Lady. I'm fine with Zayn versus Joe at WWE Fastlane. Hashtag tweet the table. Are you fine with or, it? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you just play into the real fucking life that he's the brother of Bray Wyatt and he becomes the disciple of Bray Wyatt. He could do that. And he's kind of got the beard going a little bit. So That's yeah. what I'm saying. You just go like, my brother yeah. has always showed me the way. Yeah. When I strayed is when I believed and that got me nowhere. And then you just make him the fucking, the, the bodyguard to Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. I like that. Now, what was that thing? What was the fast Joe thing? versus Zane. I mean, this feels like, I mean, it's going to be a great match, obviously, but it just feels like a time Their match NXT was amazing. Yeah. Just feels like a time That match was great. But it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it'll be all right. Do you want to see see Jack Gallagher? No. Exactly. At B underscore, two people chime in on this one. At B underscore double underscore D. Says, Emelina left me beyond confused. Hashtag tweet the table. And at grapple underscore this. Says Emelina's promo was a special kind of train wreck, reminiscent to the Shockmaster. Congrats, WWE. Hashtag tweet the table. So I guess the word is they were trying to do something and they they kept stalling because they don't feel like she's pulling it off well when they practice and they were just like fuck it, forget it, never mind. Uh, but it sounds like they were trying to just make her a show ho. 
Which she's, why? Not, she's too good. Yeah, why would you? I don't understand. And her thing when she was coming out as a heel and had Dana Brooke, right? She had Dana Brooke. Yep, yeah. first. Uh, like that was working. Now I understand mm-hmm. she got injured, but sometimes you don't need to change it up just because they got injured. She had just changed it up. Like, yep, just come back as what? Well, yeah, I agree. Yeah, if Which, you want the show ho, hire Eva Marie back and have her do that. Right. Like I don't get it. I don't know. Which I heard she's done. Yeah, I heard that too. But do you think they just go back to the evil Emma or, you know, because she sounded like they're going to go back to Emma? I don't know. Well, what Emma? The fun loving Emma? Because he can't because he got Bailey. Right. But, and then have you fucked that up now? No matter what she does? Because you did all this? Like, are people going to be like, whatever? No, 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 no. Because she could easily, she could easily go into a program after WrestleMania with, Charlotte as a beaten champion, you know, trying to find her way. And then she says, you know, one thing is that you don't deserve Dana. That's for sure. And Mm. they have a feud over Dana Brooke. I like that. That's stupid, but it's just one thing. (laughs) But that would work. And it's Dana. Dana Dana Brooke. (laughs) I forgot about her when she ran down and interrupted the match. I was like, who the fuck is that bath son? Who the hell is that? (laughs) The human form of a bath sud running down the aisle. All right. Six people chime in on this one. At Hallmark of Swede says, hashtag tweet the table. You got to love Chris Jericho and the Festival of Friendship. At Chris Mercado 32 says, Sean and Marty, Billy and Chuck, and now Chris and Kevin. Wrestling friendships never last. Hashtag tweet the table. At Lady Undertaker says, that was some really weird and tasteless artwork Jericho gave Owens. Hashtag tweet the table. At Theo75 says, that artwork of Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho can rival at Rob Schamberger art any day. Hashtag tweet the table. Hashtag Cornette face. At B underscore double underscore D says, when Jericho was fun, this was my favorite version of KO. Oh, he says, wow, Jericho was fun. This is my favorite version of KO. The sadistic beat up your best friend KO. Hashtag tweet the table. And at Katie first. Lady says, you think Shawn Michaels watched the Jericho breakup and thinking, how does it feel, Chris, after he threw HBK through the TV in 08? Hashtag tweet the table. Good reference. Great reference. I love that segment. It was amazing. It was one of the better, like, it almost is like one of those this is your life segments. Uh, It was great because the way Owens played it the whole time, I didn't see it coming until the list. Mm-hmm. Right, because I thought, oh, this is how we're going to lead into their breakup at the at the pay per view. But no, they swerved me right there at the end. I was like, oh shit, yeah. Everything was a home run. Yeah. The girls walking out, his stupid like showman Neil Diamond bullshit. Yes. Uh, the artwork, which was so fucking uncomfortable to look at. <laughs> the magician for no apparent reason. Gilbert, for Gilbert. God's sakes. Yes. He didn't even get to the ring. No. Kevin Owens beat him. Or <laughs> the ring. But I just love how Jericho's like, really? Are you serious? All right, fine. I'll beat him up anyway. <laughs> and then, and then that heartfelt uh, message that Jericho did give to Kevin yes. Owens, which felt like a shoot. It did feel like a shoot. Didn't and it feel like a shoot? Like list? that felt like he literally was like, "Hey, man, this is." Yeah, this was awesome. So this is what well, I'll remember. Owens even Owens even's response was like, "All right, man, look, I'm sorry. Like, you know, like yeah, all right, I've been an asshole." But it I thought Kevin, felt... I thought Jericho wasn't on script. I think he was just that was from the heart. Yeah, I, I, I it agree. Was amazing. Like, he might have just yeah. God, that and was a then, great segment. And then the turn 
the list. He's like, oh, I got you a new list. And I thought initially I was like, okay, so they're going to do like a Francesca type of thing Uh, where it's like the list 2.0. Right, I thought maybe it was a lower profile one because it carries around that monster fucking like. Right. right. And then I thought they'd sell like a travel version of mm-hmm. the list, you know. And then when he brought it up and you saw the KO on the back and then yeah. he's like, why is my name? I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. This is awesome. And Jericho or, or just Owens just is just changing demeanor all of a sudden like, yep. Yeah. It's happening. God, it, God was it was so great. Home that was, run. I wouldn't have changed anything the, about that whole segment. That was fun. That was the best segment since Seth Rollins turned on the shield. Yeah, I agree with that. I can't think of a better one off yeah, the top of my head. Yeah, because you knew that you knew they were the thing is they managed to swerve you even though you knew where they were headed. You just thought like they were just playing the segment and i was sad right but like you knew like okay now we're seeing the eventual breakup right like so your head's already there it's not like they had to pretend it wasn't happening like with the with the shield where it was like nah man let's fight these guys whack right like oh snap this is oh man it's the breakup of of jericho and owens it's gonna happen at the pay-per-view during the match or whatever but no happened right then when you were like Oh, now? Not right now. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. So good. A home run in every instance of that segment. Every every detail was just great. Even when they went to commercial. Did you catch that? Yes. And then he's like, "Ah," like he's still in the same spot. Because you're going to get. And then they come back from commercial and he says, it. Yes. That's so crazy. Because I, I literally, like, I was watching it later, right? And I'm watching it on my phone, right? But I'm watching it on my PlayStation View, so it's like, it's got the commercials and everything. And I was like, wait a minute, did I accidentally skip ahead? So I, like, skipped back, and I was like, no, they went to commercial. And I was like, okay. they're And I got what they were going to do, but I was like, okay, that's pretty neat. That's <laughs> you know? amazing. God, that's so, I forgot about that part of it too. Yeah, what a great segment. And we're going to remember that one for a long time. And uh, it'll be interesting. And I think somebody mentioned that too. Uh, I don't know if maybe they mentioned it later, but uh, in Tweet the Table or not. But it's going to be interesting to see this character of Jericho as it is now as a face. Because we haven't had like that kind this Jericho where he's, uh, what do you want to say, smarmy, but like, you know what I mean? He's a goofball. Slapstick. Yeah, he's slapstick. a slapstick. You're right. Yeah. So that should be fun, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. At GBL316 says, hashtag tweet the table. I like it when guys who don't usually interact do just that. Roman shouldn't win this, though. Who are we talking about? uh, I think he's talking about Braun. Or is he talking about the tag champs? Uh, Roman? Yeah, because Roman took on the tag champs in the uh, opening of the night. That would be, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he should not win that. Right. You're right there. Three people chime in on this one. At Lady Undertaker says, love the brief return of Gilberg. What a legend. Lol. Hashtag tweet the table. At Theo75 says, Gilberg returns to Raw. Best Raw of 2017. Hashtag tweet the table. 10 out of 5. Hashtag Jim Cornette face. At Katie First. Lady. Says Gilberg is a legend. Hashtag Festival of Friendship. Hashtag Tweet the Table. Gilberg. So How? Fun. Well, here's my here's the thing. How has Gilberg and Goldberg both aged at the exact 
insane. <laughs> right. They yeah, look exactly. like <laughs> he's still doing they, it. Yeah. He still looks like they have to get them in the uh, same have, have they done this before? Have they done a Goldberg Gilbert? No, they not have that I'm to aware do of. That. God, they have to do that, don't they? Yes. You have to have Goldberg just demolish Gilbert. Yes. But you have to for one little fun thing, like right, like he's gonna destroy him, but he like ducks under and manages to like kick him in the back of the knee or something real quick and buckle him for just a second, right? Like just a little to make you think like, oh shit, Gilbert. This this is what you do. Uh-huh. This is what you do. Tell me if you like this idea. Okay. Okay. So we saw Gilbert get beat up by Kevin Owens. Yep. Next week, Goldberg has to be on the show, right? Yes. So what he does is he comes out. He goes, hey, Kevin Owens, I saw you turn on your best friend. That's the type of person that you are, and that's the type of person we all know you are. And so, you know, you're a scumbag. But one person deserves an apology. And then he brings out Gilbert. And Gilbert does the whole thing. The whole stick. Gilbert. Yeah, and then Gilbert goes into the ring, and they have a face-off of Goldberg and Gilbert. Yeah. And then Goldberg, you know, then they kind of stop, and Goldberg's like, well, hey, kid, you know, you came out there. They told you that, you know, you were going to do something, and then they beat you up. You deserve an apology. And he, like, gives him a handshake. But then Gilbert was like, I'm going to shake your hand. And Gilbert heals on Goldberg. Yes, I like that. And Goldberg's like, are you serious? And Gilbert's like, I was the man here all those years. I was the one that got over. If he could cut a promo in that Goldberg raspy voice all the time, too. Yeah, and then like, then you have Gilbert turn away from Goldberg and be like, Gilbert, Gilbert. And then when he turns back around, yeah. spear jackhammer and that's where we end it i like that yeah that's fun too uh gilberg such a fun fun thing at hallmark of swede hashtag to the table i want heels badass no nonsense heels that i can hate yeah, he likes to cross dress man that's good for you who said that hallmark you just really yeah, I... heels badass no nonsense <laughs> heels right so you can strut yeah. around in i mean i get it you know Teaches them. At GBL316 says hashtag tweet the table. Three things I like about Raw Vegas. Corey Graves. Charlie Caruso. Emmalina. And Chris Jericho. Hashtag drink it in, man. Four, hey, drink four, it in. It's four things. Drink it in. That, but you said it was. Drink it in. Four, drink it in. Drink it in. At B underscore. Oh, I'm drinking. At B underscore double underscore. Dude. Is, is that? Is is that? Yes. It's Dana Brooke. Hashtag tweet the table. That's what I thought. It's Dana like, Brooke. The, who the hell is that? <laughs> Fucking square running. Who's <laughs> that box with hair? At Theo 74. People chime in on this one. At Theo 75 is the first one. It says, Bailey versus Charlotte for the belt is a match of the year candidate. Love that Sasha Banks crutch shot at the end. Hashtag tweet the table. At Katie first. Lady. Says Charlotte's the queen of pay-per-view, but she sucks when it comes to Raw. Hashtag tweet the table. At B underscore double underscore. D. Says, and the hot potato goes to Bailey. I swear that title ain't worth shit no more. Hashtag tweet the table. And at Hallmark of Swede says hashtag tweet the table. Charlotte has never lost on pay-per-view, 
But has she ever not lost a championship match on Raw? Well, and you know where her rematch is going to take place at? Oh, the pay-per-view, huh? Yep. Uh, yeah, it's a good way for them to get the title on somebody else, but then still have her undefeated and, and take the title. Yeah, it's fun. Um, Which is such a weird dynamic, I guess. I mean, just why don't you just have her run for a long time with the title? I don't... It's weird. It is weird. Because then you're making her big game John, right? I mean, like, is that what you're saying? Like, she only gets up for the pay-per-views? Right. Well, well, yeah, it's just like Finn Balor, right? He only paints himself for the you're right. pay-per-views. Yeah. yeah. I don't get Finn, by the way. Uh, yeah. I'm not looking forward to that return, to be honest with you. I, I just don't understand him. it. Haven't missed him a second. I saw the photo of him and, like, Seth Rollins at rehab together, and I was like, ah, shit, that guy still exists. Like, we got to see that guy. Well, and that just breaks kayfabe to me because yeah. who well, injured who injured Finn? Because here's here's the problem I have with it. Tell me what the fucking Finn Balor character is. Well, well, hold on. Even that, who injured Finn? Yeah, it was Seth Rollins, wasn't it? Yeah. And now you're sitting next yeah. to him? If Rowdy Piper got injured, I wouldn't want to see him sitting next yeah. to Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. But so, so we're going to get Finn Balor back, and they're going to make a big deal out of it, and they're going to do the look up, and everybody's going to cheer, right? What is the fucking character? What is the storyline? If you're telling me redemption, piss off. I've seen it a hundred times, a hundred thousand times. So what is the Finn Balor character? Some guy that fucking paints himself up like he's on laughing? Like, I don't fucking care. I just don't get him. And this is what I, I, I mean completely. So if it's Monday Night Raw and it's a title match, you're going to paint yourself. You're right. But if Stephanie says you have a match and it starts right now, do you go paint yourself? You're right. Do you go paint yourself? And then if you don't match- paint yourself... Are you saying that this person is beneath you? Right. But what if you face the same person two times in a row? Yeah. On one time, they're fucking worth the paint, and then on the second time, they're not? And then are you a demon? Like, Undertaker's a demon? Or like an undead wizard, and you have powers? Yeah. Or are you just upset king, like a hardy boy? And, and isn't the king of demons Satan? Are you Satan? I don't get him. I don't. And then you're a bullet club guy? So, you're in a gang? Are you too sweet me? And is your gang undead wizards as well? Are you the demon Do they paint king- themselves? Are you the demon king ski? Is that what you are? I don't know what... Or are you just a nerd? Sense. Because I feel like that's what you are. All right. Yeah, you're a, you're a Jeff Hardy light. At, ooh, yeah. Perfect analogy. At, now, he's a way better wrestler. Of course. But the characters, Jeff right. Hardy liked. Yes. Uh, two people chime in on this one. At Lady Undertaker says, what? Interview with Samoa Joe wasn't done via satellite, but actually backstage? Wow. Hashtag tweet the table. At Grapple underscore this says, Samoa Joe beat Sami Zayn so bad that he might need to be repackaged as Rihanna. Too soon? Hashtag tweet the table. Woo. Woo. My favorite thing was watching Samoa Joe run. <laughs> Looked like he was running in quicksand. Right. Yeah, but he Chris Browned him. All right. At GBL316 says hashtag tweet the table. Uh, Spanish announce table episode 185. Y'all censoring another emailer? Dumb or not, they took time to contribute. Hashtag haters gonna hate. Hashtag boo this podcast. Fuck them. How about that? Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck that person. They know who they are. Yeah, they know who they are. 
and they suck. They're not allowed back, and they're not allowed back. Yeah, that's exactly it. We will never, ever, ever read an email from that person again. Who said that? Who said that? GBL. He's mad because yeah, he thinks uh, un-PGBL is banned, which we've said a hundred times is not. Nope. Nope. But the, but the person that wrote the third email last week, you're banned. They are banned. Forever. Never again. Not even on SatPod in fucking Canada and America's hat. Right? Yep. You're not even allowed yes. there. Yep. Ask them. They'll tell you. At Kenny first. Lady says Jericho has a better chance of staying in a hospital than Ambrose. Hashtag tweet the table. And at Mr. Fourth Row says, so glad the cookies were safe when Corbin slammed Ambrose on the pyro table. Hashtag tweet the table, which I noticed too. Did you see that? There was it wasn't like a, even touched. There was a, there was wasn't a plate, even yeah, not touched. Even touched. <laughs> not even a crumb out of place. He should have, he should have ate a cookie should've and then threw the rest cookie. of it at him. Yep. That's where, yeah, that's where that's good coaching in the back. Be like, Hey, dumbass, eat a cookie. And then you throw the cookie on them. Uh, but yeah, it didn't even move. Well, if you notice, the explosion happened a little early. Too early. Little yeah, a little early. early. Just a step early. At Life Theo, at Theo 75 says, T-Mac coming out of retirement to battle rap is a draw for the Spanish announce table. Hashtag money. Hashtag tweet the table. Ain't going to happen. Nope. Nope. Just, you don't want the money though? I mean, have I seen any? Yeah, it's true. Funny yeah, talks. We start, we start getting some table show at Gmail, PayPal donations, right? Yeah, Game we'll talk then, but I ain't seeing no money. Seeing no money. Got to put up that dough to get that flow, right? Is that how that works? You're right. Uh-huh, come uh, on. I'm not a battle rapper like you are. At Kenny yeah. first. Lady. Says, should Wyatt retain at Mania? I wouldn't mind a feud with Harper. Hashtag tweet the table. I think we addressed that pretty heavily. How we like that to play out. Mm-hmm. The final one. At Hallmark of Swede. Hashtag tweet the table. The era of Wyatt or the era of hug life? What do you look forward to the most? Wyatt. Yeah, Wyatt. hundred Hands down, a hundred times. And the era of hug life is going to be gone by the pay-per-view, so. Answered that question. Answered that question. All right, let's take a break. We are going to come back and we're going to do an interview. A great interview. The best interview. Everybody agrees. Everybody agrees. Everybody agrees. Of all the, of all the people that do the interviews, we do them the best. It's, it's a bigly interview uh, that's great. Uh, it's going to be the best. The best you've ever heard. I promise you that. Everyone's already saying it. Everybody's already saying it. People are talking. That's when we return to the Spanish announce table. That'll be Ryan Loco of Two Way Dance Podcast. Great deal. And man, stick around for this interview. It's a good, good project they're doing, and he's a cool dude. Stick with us to the break. Spanish announce table, Spanish announce table.net. And the original Ronald McDonald was fired for being overweight. TrinityTopicsNetwork.com. Welcome to the second hour-ish of the Spanish Announce Table on SpanishAnnounceTable.net and TrendingTopicsNetwork.com. Second hour-ish of the Spanish Announce Table. Yeah. 
T-Max dancing. I'm shimmying. Oh. I'm shaking. Uh, well, this is your favorite part of the interview because you just like hearing the intro. I do. It was a good pick <laughs> uh, by whoever made that. Uh, you know who did? Didn't. didn't uh, what's that? The music? Mm. Uh, you know, it's I don't Roy know, Jones Jr. Oh, yeah. No, I know who made the music. I was saying who oh, picked okay. it. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, it was me. It for I the show. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> anyway, uh, no, it's a, I'm excited for this. Uh, you, you told me you've got a great interview lined up, and you told me what it was about, and I was sold instantly because this is not only just a cool project but also a good cause. You want to run it down a little bit? Yes, definitely. So uh, who we have on the show tonight is Ryan Loco. Ryan is a freelance photographer and one of the greatest human beings this side of the Mississippi. I mean, this guy can do it all. He does photography. Uh, Follow him on Twitter because he has some of the best tweets on the Twitterverse. Uh, And now he's doing a pro wrestling podcast. So, uh, Ryan, are you with us? I am. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. So first off, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I mean, just took the dog out for a little walk. It's a beautiful day here in Las Vegas. I have absolutely no complaints. Awesome, man. Well, let's just jump right into it. You have a new podcast. It's with Jonathan Snowden. Uh, it's called The Two-Way Dance, and it's about all things ECW. So kind of take us from there. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, Jonathan Stone and I were very similar in nature. We often find our, ourselves agreeing with each other as far as both MMA and pro wrestling views. And uh, he's, uh, I wouldn't say he's controversial, but he definitely like was very honest with his opinions. And he gets into it sometimes on Twitter and, and uh, both pro wrestling and MMA. And uh, so one day we were kind of just going back and forth and we started talking about uh, doing a podcast together. And like the idea of an MMA podcast, there's so many of them and it really just wasn't something that like jumped out at us. Uh, but we have a, a profound love for ECW and uh, we were thinking about how we could do this and the idea of somehow doing it so we could help the alumni of ECW, you know, for giving all they've had and giving us all this enjoyment throughout the years. So we have started a podcast called the two way dance uh, podcast. It's on Patreon, patreon.com slash two way dance pod. And what it does, it's, uh, you can make a donation. It's uh, as small as $3 a month. And that way you get access to the podcast. But every single penny, there's not a single penny that Jonathan or myself will take. Every single penny of that will go towards uh, an ECW wrestler. Uh, we'll be donating to Sabu's Medical Fund, um, and as well as whatever other cause or wrestler that we can find from ECW, it just as a way to give back. So it's not only making a donation to hear the podcast, uh, but you are also going to be helping out a wrestler. And the podcast is going to basically be us starting at ECW television. So thank you to the WWE Network for uploading all the episodes. <laughs> and we're going to be starting from ECW TV right after Shane Douglas throws down the NWA belt. And we are going to be going week by week on uh, every episode. And so with each episode that you're kind of reviewing, are you guys going to – uh, be giving like personal stories from like what you were going through at the time. Cause you know, ECW is one of those cult classics where it's like everyone has their own uh, niche on ECW, what they like. Some people liked it for the violence. Some people liked it for the storylines. And then like the episode you guys are picking, I mean, it had Chris Benoit, Shane Douglas, Dean Malenko in it. So people love the pure wrestling aspect of it. So will you guys be like just digging into it as far as like what you liked about the episode or 
what will the episodes be about, really? Uh, we'll be given you know a, a rundown of the uh, television episode as we watched it. Uh, we'll be going back kind of as a, what was going on in wrestling that week, as well as what was going on in pop culture that week. Um, you know, it's it's going to be not necessarily a historian look back. We're definitely going to be doing our research and everything like that. But it's also going to be just from the fans' perspective as, as how we watched it and what we're what we were thinking at the time. Because just like you said, there. The, the ECW fan at the time, it was, a, it was like a brotherhood, you know, and you found mm-hmm. it. I found it at like two in the morning, uh, flipping through the channels one night, and I became instantly hooked 10 seconds in after what I saw, and I just had to soak it all in. And this was at a time where the, the internet was kind of just, uh, it, it obviously isn't what, <laughs> what it is now. So trying to find any content on ECW, trying to find anything uh, about matches or trying to even find matches online it just wasn't happening it was all through tape trading and so i would have to watch you know like ecw born to be wired uh, on a vc uh, uh on a cassette tape and i just burned through that thing of course after seeing it so we kind of want to get that feeling back that nostalgic feeling and it's also kind of cool to look back and sort of start diving into things and because you know you watch it one time you know as a fan and you're like oh this is cool but once you actually start to dive into like the backstories of everything it gets super interesting and hopefully, using some of our connections, uh, we're going to be trying to bring uh, some ECW stars on as well to kind of give their thoughts as to what was going on at that time period during that specific episode or during that specific story arc, just to kind of give a little bit of an insider perspective, um, just to kind of give a, a nice little touch that maybe some other podcasts aren't able to do. Can you put your finger on what it is that maybe drew you into ECW so much? Were you a wrestling fan also of, say, you know, WWE, WCW, that kind of stuff, and just saw this and it was something different, or was there a different draw somehow too? No, I mean, I was definitely, I was a pro wrestling fan my entire life, ever since I was a little kid. The first things I remember was watching Rams football and, and watching Hulk Hogan. And going to the video store and, and renting like all the WrestleManias I could, and then you know seeing this this WCW, and I, I I fell in love immediately. But I think as you get a little bit older, you start to look back and or you start to realize what you're watching is a little bit cartoonish. And we all know you know wrestling is, is scripted and fake. But there was a there's a split second, and I think every ECW fan, especially at the beginning, can relate to this. There's a split second where you kind of question it. You're watching mm-hmm. ECW and you go, I know this isn't real, but I think, is this real? Because what they were doing was so mind-blowing, just so different. And, and I think that's what initially drew me into it. I think that's what initially sparked my love for wrestling again. And I think it's because of that that led me to get back into WWF at the time. I think it still was F and, and the Attitude Area and the Monday Night Wars, but it's because of ECW that kind of kicked that spark back in, you know, and, and the, the genius of Paul and, and just the way he took these characters that really didn't make sense and didn't really wouldn't fit in the WWF or a WCW mold. And he realized what, uh, what they did well and how we could highlight that. And it's just amazing. I mean, you look at a guy like Sandman who, when you watch him, I don't know if you know, let me know is there anything good that he does in the ring? And yet he's entirely captivating. 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, his intro alone was sometimes better than the match itself. He would just walk around and just that presence and kind of like what you said, there's sometimes especially with ECW when you would watch it and you're like, I don't know if this guy's playing a character anymore. And Sandman, kind of like the example you were bringing up, is one of those guys. Like when he was lighting the cigarette and chugging the beer, I didn't think he was playing a character. I was just thinking, "Oh, okay, now he's going to go fight someone." So it was incredible. Did you ever... Yeah, no, I... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, exactly right. Like, the way the Sandman character was, and it had that intro and the music, and the fact that ECW was like, look, we can't legally use this music, but screw it, we're yeah. going to use it anyway, and we're going to have Nine Inch Nails as an intro, with, even though we're not allowed to do that. And, you know, the, even just the running of the music when the gangsters came out and how it played through the whole match, it's that little thing which maybe some other people wouldn't think to do that it made the whole match and it changed everything. And if you, you can't watch a gangsters match and not have that music playing because it just does not have the same feeling. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like you said, there's just, there's, and this is why I got excited when I saw that you two were going to be doing this podcast is because one, I know that you guys know your stuff and you're going to treat it with respect. You're not just trying to do something to, to do it, but two, your two perspectives on such a unique company, even outside of pro wrestling, this is one of the most unique companies I could ever think of. Just like you said, they would run music that they knew they weren't supposed to, but guess what? They're going to do it. And then just little details like, uh, you know, Taz with the, the Gracie train and his, in his, uh, towel over his head, grabbing the guy in front of him, like stealing elements from, uh, MMA. And it was just, it was incredible. So I'm excited for you guys to start this. And now that we're on the topic of the podcast, when will the first episode be out? When it, people who are excited, myself included, are looking forward to this. So when will it be debuting? Uh, it should be out late next week. If I'm not mistaken, uh, we're just waiting for good old Jonathan Stoden to get over this uh, this uh, little sick sickness, little bug that hit him. And uh, once that goes on, we'll be ready to rock and roll. Um, I can tell you that I have never read more about Shane Douglas in my life, and I never <laughs> thought that I would read as much about Shane Douglas in my life. But it's just uh, it's a it's a great time to start. And then for for those maybe wondering, and we'll touch on this in our podcast, but. We, we're starting at this point because obviously this is the beginning of the ECW as we know it, but also mm-hmm. because early ECW television, I, I challenge anyone to go and watch ECW television. Number one, it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to watch. I'm sure it is. Oh, you're talking about like when like Arn Anderson was making like a guest appearance and like are you talking about like that time period like before uh, this episode that you guys are examining? You're talking about that kind of ECW. Uh- East Eastern Championship Wrestling Television yeah. number one with Terry Funk on the call with I believe mm. Jimmy Snuka comes out. Uh, it's just it's <laughs> there it, the pod, if we did a podcast on that episode we would we would probably have to disband it after the first one because it's just that rough and yeah so that's why we chose the pivotal moment obviously everyone knows it everyone knows the speech uh, by Shane and this is really the dawn of the extreme in ECW. So touching on the the extremity of it there, uh, did you know watching it that like, man, this is so brutal that there's no way that these guys are going to last, that somebody's going to have to do a benefit podcast for them someday to kind of help them out? I mean, you'd go and watch and and 
I would watch, and uh, they did such a good job as far as with the highlights to give you these high points where you'd just be hooked for that 30 to 60 second commercial they'd run uh, in between matches. But you would just see, like, you watch a Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten match when they're swinging chairs, and it just doesn't make sense. Like, obviously, there are people that sit there and they go, oh, they know how to, they know how to take it. But mm-hmm. there's absolutely no way anyone knows how to take a chair shot directly to the head. You watch a Mike Awesome, Masato Tanaka, where Tanaka's signature move is getting pumped up from being hit in the head with chairs. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just, it, it's not something that should be done. It's not, and Tanaka's still wrestling, which is the most incredible part of this to me. But it's just not something that should be done. It obviously doesn't uh, have any uh, longevity to it. There's no legs behind it. Uh, it's definitely not good for a career. So we this is just our way of giving a little bit back to those guys. Cause obviously there's, there's no health insurance in wrestling. There's no retirement plan. So if there, in any way we can give back to, you know, the most homicidal genocidal man on the planet, Sabu and help him out in any, any way. I think it was like Shane Douglas who said that it's really sad that if Sabu had just been really good with a mop instead of being a, a pro wrestler that he'd be taken care of now, you know, with health mm-hmm. insurance, it's just awful. Well, uh, not to give too much away because I know you guys will probably address this throughout your podcast, but what was that aspect of ECW? Because I kind of mentioned it. Some people loved it for the pure wrestling, the the Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero's, but then some people loved it for the pure violence. What was it that caught you as far as ECW went? I, you know, for me, I think it was a, there was an honesty to it. I think there was just a, a, a no frills this is what you're going to get. And I think that there was a character for everyone to sort of kind of rally behind and really relate to whether you were like that loner brooding in the corner, like, like a Raven, or if you were a guy like Tommy dreamer, who just never could like get to the top and was always just getting beaten down. Or if you were a guy like Sandman, there's, you're sitting there chugging a beer, smoking a cigarette, watching ECW, you're like, yo, if this guy can do it. I can do it. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that they, it appealed to everyone. And then when, when you needed it, there was the beautiful wrestling as well. Like it doesn't get enough credit for when you'd see, you know, a Benoit or Malenko, uh, when you'd see like one of my favorite matches of all time, was RVD and Sabu Sabu who doesn't get enough credit. I mean, obviously he's a, he's a spot fest, but you know, he can go as well against, uh, Furnace and Crawford. And it was uh, who would then go on to be Furnace and Lafon and, and WWF. It was a 30-minute time limit draw, and I challenge anyone to not to watch that match and not get emotionally invested and furious that it ends in a draw. Like mm-hmm. that was the beauty of ECW. It, it it would like just soak you in, and just when you think you know you're gonna get what you want, they would just like throw a little curveball in there. Even when you look back at like the three-way dance between uh, Tanaka, Awesome, and Taz, when uh, Taz is leaving the company and we all know it, and they eliminate Taz right away, and it yeah. throws you off. It's beautiful. So, you know, us fans of ECW at the time when it was out and stuff, we we obviously cheered on the brutality. But was there ever any moment where you legitimately kind of felt uncomfortable watching something on there? Because there were some moments that got intense. Yeah, you know, I think uh, there is definitely the the Born to be Wired match between uh, Sabu and Terry Funk. When you see, like... uh, when Sabu's arm gets ripped open and he's calling for the tape. And then at the same time, he's got to somehow make it look like he's keeping funk down. And you can tell that there's just something wrong. And then like the hair gets all tangled up in the barbed wire. Like 
that was one of the few times where I'm watching and I'm like, yo, like this doesn't need to happen. Like I, I appreciate everything these guys are doing. And also I, I think it goes to the, the beauty of Terry Funk and how good he was at, at, at selling. At least I hope he was selling because almost every time you watch a Terry Funk match, you're looking at it like this guy might die. Like this, mm-hmm. he's taking these hits and a human being at his age should not be taking these hits. And you can't tell, is he selling or is he legitimately dead? Right. Right. All right, well, let's uh, get into now kind of what we always do with each and every guest. We ask the same five questions, and because we are the Spanish announce table, we can't just say five questions, so we call it Cinco Preguntas, and we have a little fun intro for you. Cinco Preguntas. All right, so you speak Spanish? I did. That was fantastic. Cinco preguntas. That was just absolutely beautiful. Thank you. We speak no Spanish. We don't. don't, (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a gimmick. No, these are, uh, like we said, fairly fairly easy questions, but uh, we kind of delve into your mind as a wrestling fan here. Uh, The first one's going to be, what's your favorite wrestler of all time? Who is your favorite wrestler of all time? I guess I should say. Uh, My favorite wrestler of all time would be Masawa. I love Masawa. I mm. saw him thanks to tape trading, and then I had to just gather as much Masawa material as I possibly could, and I could watch him and Kawada go at it all day. And the fact that he died in the ring is just the most beautiful and poetic thing in the history of the world. Real quick about the tape trading. So we do the podcast here in Kansas City, and at, at least for my perspective, and Captain, you can disagree if you want, but tape trading wasn't huge in Kansas City. It was very, very difficult to find. So was when you were doing the tr- the tape trading, where were you? And then was it easily to or easy to find, or how did you get the tapes to trade? You know what I mean? Uh, I was living in uh, San Diego. And it was a matter of like, I, I wrote for a couple message boards and this was at the time where it wasn't like a wrestling message board where everyone could post. There was only like a certain amount of people that could post. And so like, I, I had to do like a guest article to get approved. And so, and from there, like you just fall into this internet wrestling community and you would see these tapes being traded. And so what you had to do, this was total, just blind trust is you would see the tape you wanted, write it on a piece of paper, put in a $20 bill, and then mail it to this address and just hope the dude doesn't screw you over. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, that definitely wasn't going on where I was at. That's for sure. Man, good for you. That takes some, that does take some uh, trust. Okay. Let's get back into the five. I mean, questions. yeah. When, especially when you really don't have any money and 20 bucks could go a long <laughs> way. And you're like, no, instead I want to get this Torgo tape number eight or whatever it was called. And I need ECW born to be wired in 96. So it's either like go out and have a good time or get two wrestling tapes and sit in your room like a complete dork. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, here we go. Second question. Uh, what is your favorite match of all time? And I know we've been ECW heavy, so don't feel like you have to keep it in the, that confine. So if there's, there's another match that you want to say, feel free. Uh, I would say that, uh, okay, this is odd because it's my favorite match and I don't really remember where it took place. So you have to forgive me. It's the Austin Hart match, not the WrestleMania with Shamrock. I want to say, was it Survivor Series maybe, or was it the Rumble? Anyway, it's it's the first match in their series, and I think it's way better than the I Quit match. It's these little things where you see Austin start to become Austin, and you start to see the crowd sort of get behind him, and you start to see 
his character sort of evolve. And there's a point where he's got Brett on the ropes and in, in the corner and he's about to uh, lift him off and he's on the first one and you see him shake his head and no realizes that he has to go up to the second rope. He has to go farther than what he'd normally do. He has to push himself even farther if he's going to beat this man, which he doesn't. But it, to me, it's just an absolute beautiful, beautiful match. Love the story. I think it's way better than the one that everyone knows. So if I could give any advice, go back and see that match. My second advice would be find out where it is so I can remember because I can't remember <laughs> what freaking pay-per-view it is. I like that. This next one may throw you a little bit for a loop because a lot of times we're speaking with wrestlers or, say, managers or somebody of that of that like, but we normally ask who's your biggest influence. Now, so I do know you've been involved in some photography and some other things in and around the business. So I don't know if maybe you have a, you know, who might be in the professional wrestling world your biggest influence Oh, wow. My biggest influence. Well, I mean, as much as it pains me to say, because as you get older and you do your research, my biggest influence as a kid was Hulk Hogan. I mean, <laughs> he, I, he was what I wanted to be. He told me to save my prayers, eat my vitamins. And one day I wanted to ride my Harley down uh, Venice, you know, and just have a, you know, a, a beautiful, perfect life like Hulk Hogan did. So, uh, they like growing up and, you know, my parents were divorced, like wrestling was, like my babysitter and those were like my role models, like my father figure. So it was him. It was ultimate warrior. And so it, yeah, I have no problem admitting that I loved Hulk Hogan as a kid and I was a Hulkamaniac and I have no problem admitting now that doing my research and reading everything, I absolutely am ashamed of myself for loving Hulk Hogan as much as I did. (laughs) Well, I always, you know, we've, we've heard that before about Hogan and this is what I always try to defend him with is, uh, because I'm a, the biggest Hulkamaniac fan, even to this day. I'm drinking out of a Hulk Hogan cup right now as we speak. Uh, is I love Hulk Hogan the character, but Terry Bollea, I don't want to meet him. You know what I mean? Right. It's like it's hard to do that now with guys that are like using their real name, like the Randy Ortons and John Cena's, because you're like, no, 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 I like that guy, but I don't like that guy. But with Hogan, I always say like, growing up, Hulk Hogan was amazing. Everything backstage with Terry Bollea trying to you know keep his top spot and all that, I try to ignore that that that's not what i like yeah i mean absolutely i i totally agree i think you have to separate it's just the same as with any athlete like you might like this athlete and you find out he's a complete jerk in person but you still appreciate his accomplishments and what he's done you know on the field or on the court so i totally agree with that but yeah you know like now you go back and you research and you see like how he just held people down and even to the point where like he would like like robbing Savage of his moment. What was it? A World War Three when it should be this incredible oh, yeah. moment of him winning the title, and instead it's him complaining about uh, not being eliminated. It's just such a yep. Hogan thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. That is very true. All right, let's get back to the questions here. Uh, the next question, and again, uh, we we tend to go with pro wrestlers here, so your uh, knowledge of this question might not be that deep, but I think we all know some terms. So what is your favorite pro wrestling term as far as babyface, heel, things like that? Um, I think, wow, that's a good one. Um, my favorite pro wrestling term I think thanks to Brian Tillman, I think my favorite pro wrestling term would be uh, Booker Man. <laughs> Just from him, oh, the, the match with uh, Kevin Sullivan. And he's like yelling, he comes out and completely just no-sells everything and, and doesn't want to be there. And I respect you, Booker Man. And then yeah. runs out. To me, I think that's, just, that's exactly what pro wrestling is. Pro wrestling is a work. 
It's a, it's a work nonstop. I always like. And you his, want to, uh, just like Hogan says, be careful. Don't work yourself into a shoot, brother. I always like Pillman's video where he's wrestling the pencil because he's, you know, like he's pissed off at the bookers. And so he's got a gigantic pencil and he's just wrestling that on the floor. <laughs> super fun. Which that's I mean, an ECW Pillman is amazing, moment. Man. So the, the, the fact that the guy could go in and make an impact and never wrestle was just, mm-hmm. it's just, that tells you how good the guy was. Right. So this fifth one is, is less of a question and more of a hypothetical situation, but it's a fun one. All right, so we're going to pretend that the three of us right now are sitting in a creative meeting. And we're booking you, Ryan, right, in your next sure, big course. feud. Okay, This is your next big feud, and I'm talking top level. We'd, Mania, Starcade, whatever you want it to be, right? We're talking to the top, your next feud against T-Mac. I need you to give me the storyline. My feud is against T-Mac? Okay. Yep. So yep. My feud is against T-Mac. It's going to culminate at a clash of the champions because I want to do it on free television. Because I want the kids yes. to see it. I want everyone to know about it. I want them to feel like they're getting a bonus. And I think the feud would be over myself being Mexican, him not speaking Spanish, and I am proclaiming that that Mexican food is the best, whereas he's saying because he lives in Kansas City, his barbecue is the best. Mm. But little does he know that I have family from Tennessee, and they would argue that Memphis barbecue is the best. So really what I'm trying to say is that T-Mac is a liar and what we're doing is a loser leaves town match meaning whoever loses doesn't have to necessarily physically leave their town but they have to leave their town foodically they are never allowed to eat that food ever again like that so who goes over obviously mexican food is much more uh, uh strong and powerful uh, due to the hot sauce mm-hmm. than, than Kansas City barbecue, mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma Joe's, or whatever it is you're eating today. And uh, obviously I go over clean right there in Atlanta on the Superstation. And uh, one, two, three, Mean Gene interviews me in the back, and it's a beautiful thing, and the kids are united, and Mexican food uh, then begins to take off, and that leads to the formation of Chipotle. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> this is a history lesson for you kids. Yeah, that's how Chipotle started. There we go. That's great. That's a great one. All right, so before we let you out of here, let's uh, plug everything again. Uh, first off, what do you got going on? And then after that, uh, let's get back into the podcast, and you can plug all that stuff. Uh, what do I got going on? I'm just stone cold chilling here in Vegas. In a couple of weeks, I have to head to New York for, to, to shoot World Series of Fighting. Uh, then I'm going to head to Nebraska and go shoot some Victory Fighting Championships. And uh, all the while in between that, I'm going to be watching some ECW hardcore television on the WWE Network, which you can get for $9.95. Also, your first month free so that you can get Fastlane. And uh, that's it. I'm going to be doing a podcast, patreon.com slash two-way dance pod. It's myself. It's Jonathan Snowden. Snowden is way more intelligent than me, way more articulate, way more knowledgeable. I'm just going to come in with my little fandom uh, takes about uh, ECW television and uh, and the Sandman character and how he switched from a surfer boy to the smoking, drinking, caning man that we have before us. I like that. I think you guys are doing a good thing here, too, with the donating it to the wrestlers for, for various reasons. Obviously, Sabu's medical bills, whatever may come up. Uh, we totally appreciate you coming on. Again. Yes. That was, that was what was patreon.com no, slash two-way dance pod, right? Patreon.com slash two-way dance pod. Uh, every penny 
goes towards the wrestlers, myself and Johnson Snowden. We do not see a dime. We are doing this for the love of wrestling. We are doing this as a token of our appreciation for the men and women who put their bodies on the line to uh, entertain us there in a beautiful little bingo hall. And uh, it's just, it's a, the tiniest thing that we can do. But, you know, if we can do it, you know, we're, we're going to do our best. And I hope you guys tune in. I hope everyone tells a friend to tune in. And just, you know, come relive ECW with us. Come relive ECW television, which most people didn't get because it aired whenever it felt like. <laughs> right. Well, we appreciate you coming on, man. We'll let you get back to, uh, you know, whatever you've got going on this evening, and we'll just tell everyone to, to go donate some money and, and catch the show. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Truly appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, definitely, it, man. man. And keep us updated on, uh, you know, episodes or any other special events that you got coming up, and uh, we'll talk with you soon. Sounds good, brother. Thank you guys so much. All right. So that was fun. Uh, that was. I think that's a great thing they're doing, uh, and I'm interested to hear it. So uh, I'll have to break out the wallet and donate to, for a good cause and, and catch up on some ECW because it's been a long time since I've seen or even heard anything about it. I mean, outside of obviously whenever they would you know come back for TNA or – you know what I mean? The, but we're right. talking the real, the real meat and potatoes of, of ECW. And he was downplaying it a little bit, but he is very intelligent. He knows this stuff better than most. Jonathan yeah. Stoden is right there with him as far as knowledgeable, putting forth effort and doing the research that's required to do a ECW podcast justice. And they do know some people. So like he said, you might catch a, a, a ECW star on the podcast. So you know that's going to be fun because like he said, and like we all know, every single one of those guys and girls are a character into themselves so you know to examine ecw is just going to be so amazing they talked about that first episode that they're going to look at and uh before our uh interview i was just looking through the the episode that they're going to be talking about the first thing that you see is doink the clown Mm -hmm. versus versus 911 so right there what is doink doing in ww or in ecw he was a wwf wrestler and then you go from there and then you get uh, Shane Douglas in this infamous uh, uh, promo. You got Tommy Dreamer getting caned by Sandman and becoming a made man. I mean, and then at the very end, you have uh, Public Enemy sneaking in and spray painting out Eastern and then spray painting Extreme over it. And that that is there it is the dawn of ECW, and that's what they're going to be talking about. So. It's worth the $3. I mean, for me, I spend $3 on breakfast every morning at the vending machine. So uh, to actually get some real information and some fun perspective on my favorite promotion of all time, it's going to be amazing. I agree. All of that. <laughs> no, it was good. Uh, we are going to take a break, though, huh? Let's, let's, go, let's do uh, it. Come back. Get some water. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll do what we got to do, but we'll come back and answer some listener emails when we return to the Spanish announce table which is on SpanishAnnounceTable.net and August 13th is National Left-Handers Day. Haha, yay for me. TrinityTopicsNetwork.com Spanish announcement with email portion of 
of the show. If you want to email the show, please do it. Tableshow at gmail.com. That's also where you can send your PayPal donations. Tableshow at gmail.com. If you don't want to just donate, just for the heck of it, you want something tangible for your money, you can also go to cafepress.com slash Spanish announce table like a uh, fine listener of ours, which we won't call them out if they don't want to be called out yet. Uh, well, a couple of today. listeners have uh, bought some stuff. Yes, a couple have. Uh, one did today. Uh, yes. Spoke with us about it and kind of reminded me that we have that. Cafepress.com slash Spanish announce table. That's where you can get T-shirts, hats, coasters, duvet covers, phone cases. Uh, we plaster that logo over every damn thing. Yeah, I'm actually going to get one, I think, tomorrow because I realize when we go to these NWL sh- uh, shows mm-hmm. that we're both wearing white shirts, so I'm going to get a black one. Ooh, I like that. So we can contrast. You're going to get the uh, the new logo then? The... You'll find out. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, which we have an NWL show coming up this weekend. Saturday, maybe we'll get that wine video pulled off. This time. Don't hold your breath. Maybe. But hold the wine. Hold it tight. Don't break it. Don't break it. I blame the ice man. It's his fault. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you? He made us too nervous. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't have caught it? Thought you were yeah. the butler. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, be an assistant next time, huh? Yeah. Why was I handling the bottle of wine to begin with? Right? I don't get it, man. That All was your job. Matter. You know what that I mean? Was, you had one job. One job, man. One job. God damn. Boo the ice cool man. Cool ice man. Cool. Hashtag boo the ice man. No. No, don't boo the ice man. It's a solid dude. Let's get into the emails. Table show. Well, boo if he's a heel. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, when he's attacking Gil. Gil! Come not on, Gil! Cool. Not cool, Iceman. All right, tableshow at gmail.com. We kick these off every single time. Wouldn't be any different with Katie, the first lady. She says, well. Boys Elimination Chamber is in the books, and I really enjoyed the whole show. The matches were great and delivered. They delivered what they were supposed to, and now have a pretty good idea for the matches going into Mania. Now, Raw has one final stop at WWE Fastlane. And a huge story coming into this is the breakup of Jericho, which came off brilliantly from both sides. And even before the breakup, I did see Jericho costing Owens uh, to losing the title to Goldberg inadvertently. But now, of course, since Owens turned on him, this would be the perfect revenge by Jericho. Do you agree? One last question regarding the crowning of three new champions this week. Which of the three do you think will have a longer reign? I personally wouldn't mind Bray Wyatt. Should it be him versus Orton? He's going right into a feud with Luke Harper, unless it becomes a triple threat at Mania. Thoughts? Good week of wrestling. Talk you guys next week. Later, Katie the first. Lady. So it's Bailey, Bray. Who's a third? Naomi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you know the order of I... <laughs> Right. What I um, think. Uh, I think they're all going to be short, but I had Naomi will probably be the longest. Oh, yeah. Ugh, ugh. Um, now, do you think Jericho's going to cost him the title, or do you think Owens manages to escape Goldberg? How cool would it be if Jericho helps Owens and says, I want that shot at your title? Yes, Goldberg's not going to beat you. I'm going to beat you. 
Yeah. Drink it in, man. Mm-hmm. Puts him on the list right after he helps him win, you know, but then beats him up and then right on the list, just right, right there. I wrote Kevin Owens. Right, see it. There it is. Yep. Got a lot, of, a lot of nice scribbles there. It's Kevin Owens. It says Kevin Owens clearly. Great print. Stupid idiot. All right, let's move on. Katie, always like Katie. Let's move on to, uh, this is one we haven't heard from in a while. It's the Hallmark of Swede. Hey! It says, hello, guys. Please stop skipping my emails. I'm here doing my darndest to get Mr. Forthrow as the fourth emailer, but you skip me just out of personal jealousy. Not cool, dude skis. Anyhow, it wasn't you. Yeah. It At you? least not, not last week, it wasn't you. It wasn't last week, right, yeah. Keep talking to us that way. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, I love the Royal Rumble. It is my favorite pay-per-view of the year every year. I love the Royal Rumble match because of the stories that can be told within it, the surprises and the grand prize that can be achieved. The years, oh, This year's match had me enthralled throughout most of it. Except the parts with Brock, Goldberg, and The Undertaker. They were not needed. But when the final five were in the ring, I started to worry. Were they actually going to allow Randy Orton to win the thing? Why? Granted, Randy has been on a hot streak for a few months. But that is because they took him away from the main event picture. Made him lose and become subservient to a leader. Now, as soon as I heard Bray Wyatt was to be in the elimination chamber, I knew he was going to win the thing because no way are we going to see Orton, Cena, and Mania. But I'm still worried. If Orton turns face against Wyatt, he is going to be stale before Mania. And if Wyatt turns face on Orton, he is going to need some king of machine to riot against. And with SmackDown being run by a face GM and a face commissioner, that likely won't happen. This worries me a bit. So I just have to ask, how do you guys see this one going? Until next week, unless you decide to skip me again. Hallmark Ski. Uh, it's like he listened to the show earlier. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I think we kind of discussed how we'd like to see it going, right? And let's get yeah, Rowan back Yeah, I would in like to have Orton, Orton turn heel, Wyatt rages against the machine that is the family of Randy Orton, and then we go from there. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Because we came up with it. Of course. Uh, and I like the Royal too for the same things you said. Like I didn't necessarily like the the Goldberg or I didn't hate it as much as he did. I think the Goldberg Undertaker Brock stuff. Um, but at the end is when I got I was like, oh shit, what are they doing here? Oh no. The only thing that I don't like, the only thing I don't like, is it just feels like we're putting out old men that could really hurt themselves. Right. That's the thing. It's like, no, I don't want to see someone break their pelvis or, you right. know, shatter their ankle because they're fucking brittle and old. Yeah, that worries me, too, that we're going to see somebody get hurt. Yeah. 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 Right. But it should be interesting post WrestleMania and even going into WrestleMania with the Orton Wyatt thing. It's so far my favorite storyline. Yeah. I, I mean, that. Festival of Friendship, Kevin Owens, Jericho, that's the best, and that has the most legs, and you know we've invested into it. But the most intriguing to me is the era of Wyatt and Wyatt Norton. Just like how Jericho was just looking at it. He just kept looking at it, and I was like, why is he looking at it? And he goes, my name on this list. 
perfect. Right perfect. then, I was just like, yes. Oh, look, they did it. They pulled it off. All right, this next emailer. By the way, Hallmark, we didn't skip you. So if you sent one in last week, we didn't get it. We skipped over that other third emailer who knows who they are. Yeah, you know who you are. Jerk. Just ugh, stupid idiot. This emailer says, T, you are so scared. You legit titled the episode after the phrase you used to decline my challenge? Fuck you. Fuck your power lift and fuck the jizz-resistant boxer briefs you have to wear to watch MMA. You have one month to change your mind. You will be hearing from me frequently. I'm coming for you, T-Mac, and not in the way you're used to guys telling you that. Be afraid. Nels. You don't tell me what to do on my own podcast. Mm. How about that, boy? Oh, Nels huh? also did say... Cap, it's all love with me and you. I apologize in advance for any strays you may catch. Nels. Mm, mm, you guys are going to have to duke this one out, man. You're going to have to solve this. To fix it. As uh, We might. As Vince McMahon would often tell Bruce Pritchard, if you listen to that show. Fix it. We might then. Mm. Or we might mm. not. Mm. He's, <laughs> what did he say there? He said, uh... uh Fuck your power lift. <laughs> yeah, because my name is Max Deadlift. Max Deadlift with your valet suplex. Yes. <laughs> I like that. All right, final one. Adequately placed in the fourth row. It's Mr. Fourth Row. This was hey. the first time that happened if we didn't have to skip over that, that person uh, last week. <clears throat> You son of a... Uh, Mr. Fourth Row, though, adequately gets a spot here. And the Fourth Row says, hey, once again, it's Mr. Fourth Row chiming in. So my question this week is, have you ever felt like the WWE has trolled you? For me, this past week, I felt like I could draw that conclusion when the New Day had ice cream plans ripped up by Bo Dallas on Raw. As you may remember, I mentioned it two weeks ago about the ice cream bars. Now I know what the hell happened to the I, the WWE ice cream bars. Once again, that's my view. Not from the cheap seats, not from the most expensive seats, but from the fourth row. A WWE has trolled people many a times. Uh, oh, many. Remember times. one of the the most iconic troll job I think WWE's ever done was when uh, during the build for uh sean michaels and hogan when sean michaels kind of went heel after yeah. he super kicked uh hogan and they went to canada and he's like oh i don't care about anything and then bret hart's music plays mm -hmm. and this was before he came back yeah and everyone went ape shit and yeah. then he just laughed his ass off yeah uh was that the time it was the midget too was that the <laughs> No, that was Attitude Era. Yeah. That was after the screw right. job. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, would you consider Fake Diesel and Razor a troll, or do you think they oh, really yes. were trying to? Yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. What the yeah. fuck was that? Yeah. No, but I almost worry that they thought that that was like going to be a thing, that like they were going to have a heel group that, I think that obviously people knew wasn't Kevin them. But... And Scott. Do what? Do what? 
I think that was just an F you to Kevin and Scott saying yeah. you are not the stars. These names are. And right. watch, we'll have two other guys just do what you did. But I thought they they legitimately thought that was actually going to, like they were going to mm-hmm. be able to keep running Diesel and Razor. So I'm not worried that it was a troll. A troll implies like you're fucking with somebody. Yeah, like Although, the Shawn Michaels playing Bret Hart's music. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't even think of anything right now, and I know I'm going to think of it as soon as we end this show, but there, I feel like there's been plenty of times they have done that where they just troll yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, what's some other ones? Mark Henry's uh, retirement speech, mm-hmm. and then he fucking power slams John Cena. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel like there's something like there's got to be ones where they literally were like, yeah, fuck you, fans. You know what I mean? Like, not even as part of a storyline. It was just like, I know you want this. Here, we're going to make you think I'm giving it to you. And fuck you. Okay. Well, then how about this? Every time a wrestler has a match in their hometown. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. There is that. Yep. Uh, oh, what'd they do? The um, the CM Punk music and then brought, uh, uh, Paul Heyman came out. Yep. yep exactly. That was, a, that was a big troll. Yep. Yeah, they do that. Mr. Fourth Row never does that, though. He's solid. Not like that guy last week. Great guy. Fourth Row. Right. Yeah, Fourth Row. Great guy. All right, T-Mac, it's time for the three Ps. The three Ps are a way T-Mac reminds us to stay positive with wrestling because sometimes we can get a little negative being long-term wrestling fans that we are. So each week he gives us three things to be positive about and a thing we call T-Mac's three Ps. T-Mac, what's P1? Well, we've kind of uh, dug deep on all three topics, so I won't go into too much detail as this whole podcast has been covering it, really. But uh, P1 is the Festival of Friendships. Yeah. Is it Friendships or Friendship? Friendship. Friendship. Okay, yeah. So the Festival of Friendship. I thought it was perfect. Uh, Best segment, like I said, since Seth Rollins' heel turn on uh, The Shield. Uh, P2, the era of Wyatt. The promo at the start of the show was so that was great. calculating and crafted to perfection. Yeah. Loved it. And then at the end, Orton bowing down. And he got the pin over Cena. Mm-hmm. He pinned Cena one, two, yep. three. Clean. After getting beat up by Luke Harper. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Think of all those things. Yeah. That's amazing. And then P3 kind of plays into P2, but the SmackDown main event was great because Cena's track record and his history. And we know that sometimes they just love to make Cena happy or just themselves happy with Cena. However you see that he could have won that and we wouldn't have been surprised. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I agree. Well, with AJ could have won that. And I don't think any of us would have been surprised. Yep. Yeah. Especially and with so, how they started it with him getting, just beat up would have been an easy reason to take the belt off of him. Exactly. And then there he goes with Luke Harper and Randy Orton just doing something stupid, you know? Hmm. Um, and so they just did all their false finishes yeah, to perfection. Could have been, that could have been uh, AJ wins it. And then Orton, you know, so now uh, we have Harper versus Wyatt at, at Mania. And then Orton's promising to get the title back for the family. Yep, exactly. There it is. WWE booking 101. Yeah, and then you could have had Miz run out and cost Cena the match to where AJ won the title, and then AJ goes, or and then Miz goes with Cena, and then there you go, just like what you said. Orton tries to get it back for the family against the face that runs the place. Yep. Instead, it's the champ that holds the lamp, and Bray Wyatt is still uh, running around. Champ that holds the lamp. The (laughs) champ is here. 
Huh? That's what he needs to say. So yeah, those That's are my three Ps. I thought the champ. What's that? He could have trolled Cena with that. The champ mm -hmm. is here. Then just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so those are my three Ps, and I'll review them real quick. Festival of Friendship, the Era of Wyatt, and the SmackDown main event. Good show. Uh, this show was all around. Uh, great interview with Ryan Loco. Go follow those folks on the Twitter and check out their show, the Two-Way Dance Podcast. It's for a good cause. Check out all of our stuff also. Facebook.com slash Spanish Dance Table Podcast, at Table Show on Twitter, Tweet the Table on Instagram, Spanish Table.net, and of course, CafePress.com slash Spanish Announce Table. We're going to get out of here. We'll be back next week for episode 187 of the Spanish Announce Table, which is on Spanish Table.net. And Starbucks is going to provide thousands of its workers with a free online college education. That's pretty cool. TrinityTopicsNetwork.com. <laughs>